What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Sad Girl Hours. It is your favorite host, Serena, and I am joined with my amazing boyfriend, who is also a huge pain in my ass, but also one of my best friends, and the father of my child, because we are going to be having a baby. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, everyone. This is Logan. Hope you're all having a great night, great day, whenever you listen to this. You sound very sexy over, like, if I was just listening to this and didn't know what you looked like. Are you saying that I don't look good in person? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, No, I just think you have a perfect voice for podcasting. I'm glad that you're here with me. So, I wanted to bring Logan on, um, just because I want this podcast to be... As I mentioned in the beginning, this is also kind of just something for me to explore different conversations and kind of have my own little diary, if you will. I just am letting everybody listen to it. Um, So Logan actually is diagnosed with bipolar and you were type one or type two? Uh, Type one. Type one. And then you also have Tourette's. Yes. Yes. So I wanted, well, first of all, we're, we're not going to talk about the heavy stuff right away, but I wanted him on here to kind of talk about the stigmas of mental illness, what he's experienced in his life just in general, because this is one of my absolute favorite humans in the entire world. And I just, I know everything that he's been through and the people closest to him have known what has shaped him into the person he is, but... I just have always been very inspired by you. We started off as just friends. Um, So I've just always admired you. And I think that a lot of people could really resonate with the things that you've been through and just your story um, to get to where you're at. Um, So we're going to kind of talk about him, get to know him a little bit more, and then um, touch on what it's like being in relationships when there is a mental illness involved and kind of what that looks like when it is toxic and when it's healthy and the differences between the two. So I want you to tell them how we met. All right. So if you listen to this show, you obviously know that Serena raves and we rave. And so uh, 2018, me and my best friends, um, we had heard about this festival, DOS Energy, up in Utah, and f- honestly, I was a bit surprised because I was like, Utah's got rave scene? Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Dope. Which wonder what that's like. Obviously, I know that was just a joke, but um, but I was like, cool, you know, and, and I had a, a stepsister that also raves, and she had actually gone the year before and then told me about her experience. I was like, oh, I'm super down to go check it out, you know. And this is going to be my uh, mine and my best friend's um, first out-of-state show. And so... When we were getting ready to come up for the show, um, my my best friend ended up connecting with some people uh, up here in Utah, and we're just you know we've always uh, since been raving. And, you know, a big part of it is about making friends and connecting with people you have stuff in common with. And uh, <clears throat> so 
uh, we met a um, mutual friend uh, uh, through uh, Serena's and now now ours and uh, ours and Aaron's. We kind of lost touch, but uh, Cody Robinson, mm-hmm. big shout out. Because if it wasn't for meeting him, I wouldn't have met this lovely flower here. Yes. He was um, part of our Ray fam. Yeah. And so night one of that DOS, um, pretty pretty crazy weekend in general. Um, but at some point, uh, night one, I was sitting on the grass with Cody, just kind of hanging out. Excuse me. And uh, all of a sudden, this girl comes and, like, puts her arm around me. And just starts talking to Cody, just like, like super chill on him. And I'm just like, I'm a pretty comfortable person. Like, I'm pretty comfortable with my body and stuff. Like, unless I feel like you're touching me in an uncomfortable way, I'm not really gonna be worried about it. Not gonna say anything. <laughs> and even so, if it's a stranger, yeah. And so she, uh, she just kind of realizes that she doesn't know me. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. Just kind of like, I thought <laughs> he was a a different friend to keep him. It was dark by this point yeah. and everybody in my group was in like a big circle on the grass. So I, yeah, literally just plopped, put my arms around him, was laying on him. And yeah, until he, cause he, like he said, he didn't say anything. So I didn't hear his voice like nothing. And I was just kind of in la la land. I think it's important to note too, like it's pretty common at raves for like random people to just be like physically yeah. affectionate like that yeah. too. Not in like a weird way, just like hugs and you Definitely. know, it's a very, uh, very cuddly place at times if the, if the vibes are right and you, if it's Definitely. a comfortable person. I wouldn't just let like some random person just like hop in my lap and be like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> be like, could you, uh, could, could you at you least not? ask my name first? Well, <laughs> and that's, it helped probably that I didn't just jump in your lap. I kind of just slid and then laid on your shoulder and had my arm around you but yeah once he started talking I was like oh shit I'm sorry I have no idea who you are uh but he he was super sweet about it and then we talked for like two hours on the grass yeah which at the time I did have a boyfriend so it was strictly like we just connected as friends um my boyfriend at the time didn't even go to raves um so I was kind of solo all the time but um yeah, we because of his tattoos and everything. Do you want to share what's on your body since nobody can see this one? So uh, I've gotten stuff obviously since this, but when we met, um, I have uh, pentagrams on each arm, one um, uh, pentacle, and then one inverted, um, and then I have like witch symbols. I got my alchemical air symbol, my Aquarius symbol my semicolon for suicide and mental health awareness. Um, and then I have a vegvasir, which is a uh, Icelandic compass. Yes. So I was pulled in by the pentacles. And I we started talking about witchcraft. And that was what originally, like, I was just like, I've never met, like, a legitimate, like, witch in real <laughs> life. And that makes – it sounds – I don't know if I would like to hope that this podcast is attracting at least open-minded people, even if you don't uh, practice or believe in witchcraft, which is, I would like to say, super, super broad, um, which is another really big thing we're going to talk about on this podcast because it's very misunderstood. But that was what kept us talking for such a long time. And at the end of it, he gave me a rose quartz, which I still have, Um and then we just kind of kept in touch, um, and we were friends for, what was it, almost two years? 
No, it was, it was about um, a year and a half. About a, a little over a year when we met See, up at Lost Lands. T- time is yeah fleeting. <laughs> yeah, my brain has a hard time with time. Um, but so fast forward to 2019. I had gone through a pretty rough breakup that previous summer and Logan was just always like a constant like supporter especially when I started my music stuff and learning to DJ like because he also is a DJ which is a really good time for a shameless plug a werewolf I should have led with that to be honest um (laughs) killer DJ like anything you can think of he's very fluid as far as genres but he will absolutely rip your face off with some dubstep and then you'll be shaking your ass with some house. So highly recommend a werewolf, A-W-A-R-3, wolf, on SoundCloud. Um, Also on Instagram. Yes, follow on Instagram. He does have his Facebook page as well. Um, All of the support and love is super appreciated. He actually just played his first show. He got to open up for Wookiee with our friend Tim at Sky Bar down in Salt Lake City. And it was incredible. It was such a cool experience. And you did look like you belonged up there. A lot of people said that. And anybody who watched that show could probably agree with me. But (laughs) so um, music was always something that we um, connected on very heavily. And he was there when I was going through my breakup all of that, and we were both going to Lost Lands 2019, so we had been planning for months to make sure we met up during that time so we could see him, and I was going out with some friends, Brody and Hannah. Um, So Lost Lands rolls around, and we uh, did early access, so we got there Wednesday. Logan wasn't there till Friday. So I get there Wednesday, with my two friends and one of my childhood friends that I had grown up with, whose name ironically is also Brody. <laughs> um, he happened to the be Brody's. the Brody's. Yeah. That's what they were called for the week. <laughs> um, but he also was out there and Brody still an amazing guy, super sweet dude. Um, but he knew that I was also going through, a breakup and he was just really nice to me would buy me food um at a horrible habit of smoking cigarettes back then so I I literally didn't pay for anything because he just wouldn't let me and he was just really wanted me to have a good time because I think he could see how just like I don't know I was in a really bad spot uh Brody's but, awesome He's yeah super cool guy yeah so but it was kind of like a rave base situation like cuddles you know dancing together few kisses you know that kind of thing and I was having a great time didn't think that anything was gonna interrupt it um I love your just blatant (laughs) honesty with your life it's great (laughs) well because I had I I what was coming next I obviously was not anticipating at all so Friday rolls around, and I took Producers Den that day, so we were late getting into the actual festival, and that was the day we were supposed to meet up with Logan, so I, like, we rushed to get in. I felt like I was dying, so I'm, like, 
eating these chicken strips as fast as I possibly can. And I was like, all right, I don't know how I'm going to find Logan. Um, This is going to be fun because if you know anything about Lost Lands, have seen any of the live streams, um, it's huge. It is huge. Um, And so where we were, for anybody who does know your history, we were all the way in the very, very back and main stage by, and excuse me, I'm not like Logan, so I don't know all the proper terms for dinosaurs, but the long neck (laughs) in the back. Very, 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 very back. It's the biggest dinosaur statue they have there. It's like kind of, yeah, like middle back of main stage. Yeah. And then people sit under it in the shade and stuff. Yeah. If you've seen any live streams, you know exactly which one we're talking about. It's life size. It's a brachiosaurus. Literally every single dinosaur that they have at that festival is they've made it life size, which is just really fucking cool to me. Um, But yeah, so we're all the way back there. And then um, to anybody who's watched the live streams, um, if you're looking at the stage, on the right side of you, there's this big ass hill and there's a shit ton of trees. And so there's a million and 12 hammocks hung up on those trees. Like everybody and their dog is up there. And to the point where you can almost like not even see through the trees. Um, Well, I had gotten a text from Logan and it had been like 15 minutes before and he had said that he was over on that hill by all of these hammocks. And in comparison to where I was standing by this dinosaur is like, how far would you say? Because you were up at like the top of the hill right when it starts. Pretty far. I mean, there was a little hill you had to walk up to get like from that Quite, Like it, to it took there. me like, I would say close to five minutes to walk to you because I end up. Well, there's also all the people too, so. To be fair, yeah. Um. But I remember I read that text from him and I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to be able to spot him out from here, but I'm going to fucking try. So I get on my tippy toes and I'm like looking and like, as I'm looking, I'm like, this is fucking pointless. There's no way. And right as I'm thinking this in like a sliver between two trees, that's maybe a couple inches. I get a flash of his sunglasses because he had had the same ones, I'm pretty sure, and either just pictures I've seen on Facebook or, or was wearing the same ones at DOS. At DOS, yeah. yeah. His sunglasses, and he had his sides of his head shaved at the time. Um, so I caught literally a flash of the sh- sunglasses and his shaved side of his head and then his curly mane, and I was like, that was fucking Logan. <gasps> that was Logan. And I was like, I swear to God, if I get up there, and that was him. And I, like, booked my ass up there. And the closer I got, I was like, oh, my God, that's fucking Logan. So met up with him, and it was just crazy that I even found him that way in the first place. So I go back, get the rest of our group, both the Brodies and Hannah, and everybody's saying hi, we're vibing, everything's good. But then throughout the entire weekend, Every time Brody would try to be affectionate with me in front of Logan, I was just not about it. I did not like it. I was just like, touch me. Like, (laughs) there was, and again, Brody is an amazing human being. He still to this day is super amazing, and we're both friends with him, and he's always been, yeah, he's been a big support to both of us, especially with, like, music stuff. But um, I remember, I think it was on Sunday, 
the last day of the festival. Um, I was fanning myself with my fan and Brody tried grabbing it from me to fan me so I didn't have to do it. And I was like, no, I'm a strong, independent woman. I can fan myself. And I remember he was like, oh, okay, my bad. And then like not even 15 minutes later, fanning myself again. And Logan comes over and he doesn't say anything. He just like offers his hand out. And I thought he just wanted to use my fan. So I gave it to him. And then he starts fanning me down. And I was like, oh, this is actually really nice. Okay. (laughs) This is great. And I was just like, oh. And keep in mind, even throughout all of this, my thought was not, you have a crush on Logan or anything like that. I was just like, why the fuck am I being so weird around him? This is so weird. And I remember being like, still being like, he looks really good. Like, and he, he's really cute actually. Like his hair and his eyes, but I still was not connecting the dots. It was not until I got home and literally like within that week after I was home, I was talking to my friend Mallory about it. And was just like, I wonder why I was feeling so weird. And she was like, you fucking idiot. You like Logan. You're stupid. And I was just like, no, (laughs) because he lived in Arizona. He doesn't live he didn't live in Utah, so I was absolutely not about long distance, so I didn't want to like him in the first place. Um, but yeah, that's probably the one and only time I've ever directly made a move, and it worked out for me. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. I reached out to him and was like, hey, uh, so here's this. Well, and for the record, like, <clears throat> I've had a crush on her since I first met her, but I'm uh, I've never gone to raves with the intention of, like, finding someone to meet or hook right. up with like it's always been like a thought Same. in the back of my mind of like you know it'd be cool mm-hmm. you know but it's like not why I go you know I I go for the music and the experience and just meeting people in general definitely and then also like she was saying you know she lived in Utah so I was like doesn't matter like how I feel because we live in two different states you know mm-hmm. and so I remember when she told me that she had a crush on me I was just like reading the message I think I might have even been at work and was just like this isn't real no, this fuck, isn't no real. fucking way. Like there's there's no way. And so almost two years later, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> one small bean on the way. Yep. Which we would have waited a little bit if we would have had the chance, but um the universe and literally everybody in our lives think that we are ready. So Yeah. We <laughs> we're gonna have a little base baby running around soon. So that is I love our story. I love telling it. I like when people, because it's been so long now that like we don't really tell that story anymore because everybody that's asked knows, but I just love sharing that. And I want to, so I pretty much told Logan whatever he is comfortable with sharing. He is more than welcome to share. Um, Obviously in my second episode, I kind of aired out a lot of what's happened in my life and it's really, really hard to do harder than I thought, but, um, I'm probably going to cry. It's okay. I'll cry with you. So wherever you feel like starting with your story, you were raised by a beautiful mother. I love your mom. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was born in, uh, Page, Arizona, super small. Um, right next to Lake Powell, Grand Canyon's not too far, right next to the Utah border, so, <laughs> yep. you know, pretty close. His always. mom used to come party in Utah just because it's right by yep. the border yep. when she I was think younger. St. George. Yep. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, 
But uh, I was born in January. Um, so I'm a January baby. I'm an Aquarius. Um, like our child, even though, thank God, Capricorn. they will be a Capricorn. <laughs> you don't need another Aquarius. No? You don't, one's um, enough? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, so shortly after I was born, uh, we moved to Mesquite, Nevada, which is basically Arizona. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's basi- It's like 40 minutes from the border. Um, lived there for a few months, and then we ended up in good old Kingman, Arizona. Which, for anybody that is a Utah born and raised, it is comparable. It is comparable. Thank you, my love. Comparable to Tooele or Thule. Thule, yeah. Very, very similar. Kingman is just not like huge because it is still small, but it's maybe like two. Willows put uh, together. I was gonna say, yeah, by now, I think, I think with Kingman and the surrounding areas like Gold Valley and stuff, it's like close, closer around to like 80,000. Used to be a lot smaller, yeah. Lot but smaller. as far as just like the actual town where you grew up in, like the smaller, well, because there's downtown Kingman. So, growing up, up until probably 10 years ago, there was only roughly 40,000 people. But people keep coming from California and then yep. Washington for some reason. Which is um, interesting because they get there and I'm sure Kingman they're like. Washington, yeah. Um, very, I mean, Kingman's, it's not, um, there's worse places you could live, but it's not the sure. best place to live or to raise a family. There's there's nothing there. You don't have connections with people and stuff. It's kind of hard to get a job. It's a very conservative town. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so <clears throat> we lived there till I was about four or five. Um, my first memory comes from about that time. So, you know, read a lot of stuff how people talk about memory and stuff and memory isn't, isn't always accurate, which is hundred percent true. Right. Um, and sometimes your brain will create, you know, stuff that didn't actually happen over exaggerate stuff. Um, right. but my memory, not to boast or anything is pretty good. And I only know that be- because mine. of, I, you know, I'll, I've told stories to, uh, or brought up memories, um, <clears throat> that I've had and to like my mom or something. And my mom has been like, how do, how do you, you remember that? that you were four or five? So my first memory that I can actually like remember, like turn events can see the image of, of it right now. Like as I'm talking about it, um, when I was about four, I got a, what is it called? I think it was wh- whooping cough. Oh yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and uh, middle of the night I had to go to the hospital like one or two in the morning. And I think it was raining. If I remember correctly, but it was had to get rushed in there. Couldn't breathe. Had to put an air machine on me. That's uh, scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially in the middle of the night. Like uh-huh. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I remember getting ice cream after. Uh, At least I yeah. would. I would hope. Um, if if you grew up in the '90s, you remember there, there was these little finger toys. Looked like a little weird looking dinosaur. Had like little floppy hands. Yep. Alicia found one at a festival. Yeah, she I still has it. <laughs> I got a couple of those from one of the nurses or something after I was done and could breathe and stuff. Um, but uh, about, f- I think I was, yeah, I think we were still four, or uh, we, I was still four, um, not we. We, uh, we moved to Ohio, um, Tip City, Ohio. My stepfather, um, he, w- he's, he worked at Honeywell for a long time. He was already working at the one in Kingman and got transferred. Okay. <clears throat> Um, that was an awesome experience. Like I, I don't have a buttload of memories, obviously, because I was young. But the you ones guys I weren't do, out there for too long either. About right? two years. Yeah. Yeah, because we came back when I was 
I think after I turned six. So like the summer after I turned six. So little. Yeah. So, um, so and then so my um so like if you notice I said my stepfather. So my my father and my mother were never actually married. They were together, um, but they were never married. Um, I think, yeah, no, there was one time that my my father uh, came and flew out and got me to bring me back for when you were for, in Ohio. Yeah, for Christmas or something like that because I remember flying on a plane with him. That's like the only time I ever flew on a plane with him. Um, uh, but Ohio was awesome where, where we lived. It, Tip City is super small town. It's about an, uh, about an hour outside of Dayton, Ohio, which is oh, okay. a, lot, a lot bigger. Um, there was uh, so my neighborhood. <coughs> We lived in like a cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. and there was just a bunch of cul-de-sacs. But these different areas were separated by bridges because there was a big fat creek that went through there. So I basically had a creek outside my front door. Like I just had to cross the street in a field. And there was just a creek right there. So I would love that. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I used to go cat all, and I was I met a bunch of neighborhood friends. We used to go catch salamanders and crawfish and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Always <coughs> go. been super outdoorsy. Always, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I always like to say I'm I'm a good mixture of like country. Not that I'm into like country music <laughs> and stuff, nothing like that. But hunting and fishing and camping and yep. being outdoors and shooting, riding ATVs. Yep. Comes kind of thing. I think it's just kind of part of like northern Arizona. It's a lot of what there is to do, especially <laughs> with there. the wallapies being right there. As oh, far yeah. as like being out in Kingman, the well, especially the desert. I think it's shit to do out there. Yeah. But even like Flagstaff and Flagstaff, there's a lot more to do, especially being a college town. But I love doing outdoorsy stuff and excuse me, you got the forest and stuff. So there's a buttload of outdoorsy stuff to do there. It's pretty much what I spent most of my childhood when I lived in Flagstaff doing. Which, uh, you were going back and forth once you guys came back from Ohio. That was when, is that when you were going back and forth with your mom and dad? Yes. So yeah, once we got back, once, yeah, once we moved back from Ohio is when I started at like having uh, regular visiting with my, with my father. Um, I'm pretty sure when we first moved back, they were living in Pine, which is, um, it's near the, it's kind of like the middle of Arizona. It's like near the White Mountains forest and stuff south of Flagstaff, but still, still forest and stuff. Um, and then they moved to Prescott, my, my father and my stepmom. Um, so yeah, I just go pretty much like, uh, not every weekend, but like, I think it was like one weekend a month, sometimes a couple. And then like, uh, we used to alternate holidays. Um, my father and mom didn't have the healthiest and best co-parenting relationship, but there were lots of times where there was cooperation and it was fine. So yeah. I would see, see him both like regularly, um, about, so, um, be, um, I've always had issues, <laughs> for lack of a better term, um, way before I was diagnosed and everything. I, I just was kind of a emotional child, um, hypersensitive. Super smart, though. S- hypersensitive, hyperintelligent. My mom, as an adult, when I had a conversation with my mother about, like, my bipolar and stuff, that was pretty much what she told me as a kid. She's like, I could always tell something was, like, off, but she's like, I never worried about it because, like, you seemed, you were, you were social, you were friendly, mm-hmm. you were kind, you know, you never hit anyone with a chair, like, you know, nothing, nothing you crazy. Were violent and crazy. Yeah, I was, uh, P- I made friends super easy, you know, nothing. You so know. no, like, reason to really think yeah, that there no, was anything No lack of empathy, nothing, you know, so, you know, she never worried about it. Um, but I did have, I've had anger issues since I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. I can go, and nothing, just, just, you know, I don't, I don't, like, 
destroy walls or doors. I used to when I was a teenager and super mad, but uh been yeah. a long time since it I've done anything like that. It doesn't help you're a big guy. It's not like you're <laughs> yeah. tiny either. Um, yeah. But you're also not somebody who enjoys no those um, states I, either. Yeah, when I when I flip out, um, I actually get more upset at the fact that I'm flipping out right. because usually when I flip out, I don't mean to, and I, there's times where um, when I'm kind of when I'm manic or even on my depressed side, um, where I'm just so out of it that I'll snap, and it takes me a second to realize, oh, you're mm-hmm. freaking out right now. Like you're causing yep. a scene or whatever. So. Which I don't enjoy at all. Um, well, and a lot of that, because you had your Tourette's diagnosis is what came first. Yeah, so well, yeah, so, I'll, I'll, um, so about third, the end of third grade, um, my mom, for whatever reason, which, I mean, it's understandable, mm-hmm. was having some trouble, like, just handling me. She had my brother and my sister, too, to, to worry about, and... Um, I wasn't doing anything crazy, but just at home, just at home, I was just, just being the riot or whatever. I don't know. You know, I, I don't yeah. really remember. I don't remember. That's still a young age too. So I'm sure it's hard. Well, to I remember know. stuff, but nothing about like stuff like that. Nothing yeah. about me like acting out or anything really too much. Like I never did anything too crazy. I pretty much stayed right. out of trouble for the most part as a kid. Like only got grounded maybe a handful of times. Like, you know, yeah. um, but, um, so the summer before fourth grade, my mom basically decided that I should go live with my dad and which nothing wrong with that. Like my dad has always loved me. Um, me and my father do not speak at the, uh, currently, um, haven't for a couple of years, but, uh, he, when we were speak, um, he still loves me now, but, um, he, he was. He's always gone out of his way to be in my life. Yeah. It's never been like a deadbeat dad situation. Like, like straight he's, he's up always left wanted. jobs if they didn't accommodate mm-hmm. his visitation so he could yeah, see you, yeah. which I think is important for yeah, people very to understand. Um, because it's also worthy of noting that my uh, my father has struggled with drug addiction and alcohol addiction for a long time, and he is also chemically induced bipolar. Which, if you don't know what that is, basically, if you do drugs heavily for especially for long periods of time, specifically hard drugs, usually amphetamines, um, you can wear down the chemicals in your brain to the point that you just, they're not, they don't exist or they're just such such low levels that it can cause mental issues and one of those can be bipolar and stuff. You can be chemically induced bipolar. Um, You could be chemically (laughs) induced schizophrenic, which is Mm -hmm. uh, debatably what my brother Cade's dad Mm-hmm. did um so very two different things for you and your dad even though you both have bipolar it's a completely different ball game to be born with born it with compared it. to absolutely basically do it to yourself i hate Bring saying it. that but it's the truth it's just what happened unfortunately yeah. Yeah. um well and you didn't even know you didn't realize his substance abuse issues for a while, not right? Until I was probably 13. Yeah, yeah which yeah, I 13, think is another 13. thing to maybe notice. Not that maybe looking back, there's probably not stuff to be like, oh. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too. My father always, other than like being high or intoxicated, like he didn't keep that away from me, but the act of it, I, I would have never known if he hadn't told me on right. like what, what exactly he was doing. I mean, about 12, I started noticing like stuff was weird. Yeah. Especially when he would be in his shed at like, you know, till 3.30 in the morning. What are you doing, <laughs> What are you doing, Dad? Oh, I'm just fixing stuff. Huh, huh. See? Okay. <laughs> and at least I know with 
but that my dad is that person but he doesn't need the truck. but then but that's the thing too is if you were to see your father's shop you'd be like oh that's why you're up till three just in the morning you're an artist <laughs> you're an yeah, artist just, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um and this um because you went and stayed with them for that summer and wasn't it your stepmom that kind of brought it up to your mom that maybe you should go get looked at uh, no, so, so basically when my mom told me that, sh- that I should go with my dad, I was, I was pretty for it. Like, I mean, I'm, I was right. in third, yeah. third grade, so. Well, and Flagstaff's beautiful. Yeah. And then at this, p- at this point, they were living at Flags in Flagstaff. Um, and also by this point, they weren't living in Flagstaff. They were living in Mountain Air, which, uh, Mountain Air is basically, it's like 14 miles outside of Flagstaff. That's where we, where, where we went. Oh yeah. I've seen it. Um, it's gorgeous. And it's basically, it's just cabins and homesteads. Everyone's got a four wheel drive Forest. vehicle. Everyone's got a gun. Everyone's got dogs. Like it's, yep. and it's not, it's not like Flagstaff is interesting because it's basically Northern Arizona, but it's, and there's obviously you got your conservative, you know, rednecks out there ever, <laughs> every weekend shooting beer cans, like obviously. And, but that's the thing is the, uh, those, those type of people. And I just say those type of people cause they're not necessarily my type of people. No, no, no offense, but just, yeah. just not my cup just of tea. Just not my cup of tea. But very nice, very friendly. Yeah. I don't know about now because the Flagstaff has also grown. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically Mountain Air, everyone's very kind. You know, it's the type of neighborhood when you're driving down the street, people wave at you if they don't even know you. Nice. You know, um, so good your place neighbors, to try you know, if your neighbors up. heard you freaking out, they'd come over see what's going on, Make if they sure can help good. you. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, um, one of my fa- the favorite parts of my childhood, regardless of some of the stuff that happened with my father and stepmom, um, some of the best parts of my childhood for sure. Fav- favorites for sure. Um, because that's the thing too, you know, I would, where I lived in, um, where they were living. And then when, when I was living in mountain air, I could walk down the street for a half mile and then bam, I'm going to a trail in the woods, you know, yep. super easy. So super fun. Um, but, uh, so fourth grade. Um, and so my stepmom had noticed this. I think my mom had too just didn't think anything of it. Um, right. Started noticing in fourth grade when I when I moved there that I was twitching, like my specifically my eyes. And if, if you don't know anything about Tourette syndrome, there's a lot more to it than people know. A lot of s- studies um, have come out about it um, more recently. But at the time when I was diagnosed with it, um, there, there's obviously a spectrum, like there is with pretty right. much everything. Like autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have what, when most people think of Tourette syndrome, they think of, oh, fuck, shit, shit, you know, and like weird noises and grunting and like super hard, like jerks and stuff. Right. And that is a thing, but it's pretty rare. Like it's, right. it's a lot rarer than other forms of, of Tourette syndrome. Um, for me, it was mostly just just muscle spasm. That's a big part of it. Is this is similar. <coughs> I think yours is comparable for people who haven't really seen anybody with Tourette's would be like Billie Eilish. Like if you've ever seen videos. Uh, I didn't know that she, she has had, Tourette's. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, there will be times when she's performing where she's trying to fight it. Hers are a little bit more... Um, noticeable because mm-hmm. they're more like jerks, but... Well, see, it's mine used to be a lot worse. Like you see, just little ones now. Like what's left yeah, over? Now yeah, now it's it's the facial twitches mm-hmm, sometimes, the most, but like yeah. 
when we first moved in together, we'd be laying down going to sleep. Um, I can feel myself doing it right now just because I'm <laughs> anxious. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, like just random jerks. Like I'd be right about to fall asleep and there'd be like a jerk. He would jerk like. Oh, so that one's a newer one. Like, Is it? Yeah. When I'm laying in bed, something just will happen. It starts in my leg and all of a sudden, yeah, my whole just, body yeah. just jerk. And like, well, and it the, made me think like yeah. something happened. So like I would get up and it, now I'm used to it. But before, like if you're not around somebody with Tourette's at first, you're, um, you don't, you're not used to it. But, um the studies that you were talking about because a lot of people think it's just the the twitches and like the ticks well and i did too I, you know i thought it was and like so i do like a sniffling thing there's like there's um vocal stuff that people do like grunting that's right and stuff like that it, it'll sound like uh one another one that i do is it sounds like i'm trying to clear my throat yep. and i'm not nothing's wrong with my throat <laughs> <laughs> um, another one i do is call i call it air piano because like my fingers will it'll look like that's i'm like it. it looks like i have arthritis or some shit They'll, they'll yep. start crinkling up and like moving. Um, the one that I'm glad I don't do anymore that was painful was I used to throw my right arm and shoulder I forward. I remember you telling me about that. And that was that one in my neck. I don't do the neck really anymore, but I used to jerk my neck like side to side. Uh-huh. Um, I bet that. I used to get made fun of for that one. <laughs> well, not like made fun of, but I know, people but would be still. like, well, what are you trying to crack your neck for, tough guy? And I'm like, dude, I'm not trying. This Bruh, sucks. <laughs> I got Tourette's. If I could yeah. not do this, I would choose that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I got diagnosed with, with Tourette's um, in fourth grade. Um, I don't, I think it was, it was either fourth grade or fifth grade is when my stepmom had me start going to uh, anger management counseling, um, right. which is other than as an adult um, with stuff that happened in the past, um, that was some of the best like actual counseling. I had a, I forget, I don't remember my doctor's name, but it was a bald dude, a little bit younger, and he would come to my school like once a week and would pull me out of class for like an hour and we'd just go sit on the swings and just, just talk to me, ask me how my day is going, you know, counselor. what's going on at home. Like, and then uh, probably ask me some more serious stuff too. Yeah. That I just don't remember, you know? Um, but, uh, so, but even at a younger age, like I was pretty aware of stuff to an extent, um, about, about fifth grade. Um, because at this point I've been living with my father and my stepmom for a little bit. And, um, my father had a drink problem drug problem that obviously I didn't know about, but be angry all the time. And right. my stepmom, uh, so my stepmom was, was pretty heavy for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to say before I moved, like in with them mm-hmm. uh, permanently for the time, uh, she got a gastric bypass surgery. Right. And after doing that, she became an alcoholic. And uh, if you don't know anything about she gastric bypass surgery, like um, they basically, tr- your stomach is about the size of your fist or so, give or take. Uh, turns it to the size of about an egg when you get a gastric bypass surgery. That's what I feel like my stomach is now. Yeah, so if you're drinking with a stomach that size, it don't take much. No. Um, it hits fast. I'm um, sure. So, and she, and to be fair, she wouldn't get, like, to the point she couldn't walk around because she was around me and stuff, too. Like, right. You know, but I could tell that she was drunk. But Even at a young age, I could tell when, yeah. <laughs> when adults are, are messed up, you know. Right. Um, but, uh. I, you know, I never really, uh, by at this point, I wasn't really witnessing anything. Uh, I would just hear, like, fights and, and arguing and, and yelling and stuff. Um, then about, so, so when I moved up there for fourth grade, we lived in a single-story cabin. And then either during that or uh, the summer before fifth grade, we moved up to a, uh, the two-story cabin that we 
went past okay. it, I showed you. Um, and that's when it got a little worse, just like the fighting and arguing and yelling and stuff. Um, trying to think here. Uh, so after after fifth grade, um, I wanted, I think, and it, and it probably had something to do with probably yelling and, <laughs> and arguing and fighting, but I wanted to go back and, and live with my mom. Right. Um, so I was allow- uh, not allowed to. That's not the right term, but that was a thing. They, right. There was no real resistance. Um, so um, moved back to Kingman. Um, ended up going to sixth grade. And in Kingman at the time, all of the middle schools were sixth, seventh, and eighth. And then the elementaries were K through five. Um, so... Move back to Kingman. Uh, at this time, my or by this point, my mom and stepdad, my brother and uh, oldest sister's father, were separated. So my mom's a single mom at this point, and we're living in apartments. And it's just a rough time being a single mom. If you've if you were, were raised by a single mom, or if you are a single mom, uh, you know how fucking rough and tough it can be. <laughs> Which is why I feel like another reason why you and I. <coughs> um, I don't know why we connect so well because we both, our mothers both have very similar life paths in a way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We're both um, young moms, single moms had to do it by themselves with no help really. Um, so. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely some similarities for sure. Yeah, I, I can, there's times where I for sure see my mom. And your mom, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited for them to meet because oh, they're, yeah. oh, they're yeah. very similar. I think they'll similar. hit it off for sure. Yeah, so she was uh, on her own during this time with the three of you guys. Yeah, and so it was um, it was about this time that she actually started, not m- had met, she had known Chuck for a long time, but um, started seeing your, uh, Del- Delilah's father. Youngest. Youngest sister's sister. father, yeah. Um, he's an okay guy, um, I won't. You know, I don't want to get into anything, but he's an okay guy. He, he's not a bad guy or nothing. Um, but didn't work out with them in the long run. Um, but th- they they saw each other for pretty good amount of time. Um, they ended up getting married. They were only married for about a year. Separated for like almost two. Got back together, and then that's how Delilah happened, actually. Oh, I so. didn't know that. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, that's not Donovan and Emmy's dad. No. So, uh, okay. Yeah, no, they have a different father. Um, and their, their father, I actually called dad for a long time. Um, we've, we don't really talk anymore either. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he was, he was like probably the best father figure I've had in my life. Taught me a lot of my more serious, like, and when I say man shit, I mean like man shit, like <laughs> how to be a man in the right, the right way, the proper way, like ways. The, the proper ways to be. Yes. So, um, my 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 birth father more so taught me how to like survive in the world and not in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had an interesting stuff. yeah. Well, I had an interesting childhood with my father. So my my father's a little crazy, um, for sure. Uh, he has thought this is probably has something to do with drugs. And I, I don't speak to my father, so this part I don't mind talking about at all. He mm-hmm. he probably won't hear this. Yeah. If he does, well. It's care. just the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's just the truth. Yeah. But uh, he's thought that like the CIA has been after him for a long time, or some some a group like that. That's yep. Um, can relate to that with kids. Yeah, Dan. and uh, so I remember when I was about this is when I was living in Flagstaff, um, or possibly even when I was visiting. But 
we, we used to go out and, and do like drills and stuff like weird weird shit like that oh my um God. not normal childhood shit um but for you in the moment i'm sure you were like cool. this shit. is fucking cool yeah. yeah but not every kid has been hand, like and, and to be to to be clear i was trained with firearms at a young age safety i'm, I'm very Absolutely. very safe with, with guns um but uh so by this point i would have been shooting for a couple of years and hands me an ak or no hand me the sks and headset walkie he was like all right he's like i want you to walk a mile that way and then come find me and that's how i learned how to track people yep <laughs> which if anybody which is not cares a skill that most know, people know how to do uh if the zombie apocalypse happens which is what we all thought for a little bit with quarantine and that pandemic i'm fucking set <laughs> i don't know how we'll do with a baby we'll survive but like yeah no i'm fucking set because logan i don't know and that's that's the funny thing about like there's layers to people. Like when I f- we first started dating before he moved out here, I didn't realize like how outdoorsy he was. Like I, and then we're moving all of our shit in and I see all this fucking camo gear, like all this, just <laughs> all sorts of shit. And I'm just like, what in the, f- what is this? Like literally his, everything he moved out was outdoors shit or witch stuff. <laughs> Art. Art, yeah, Art. like <laughs> books. That's yeah. it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so definitely not the most normal childhood, but it still taught you a lot of really valuable oh, things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, um. So by this point, how old are you? So sixth grade. Um. Eleven, twelve, eleven, twelve. I want to say. Um. So, I had moved back to Kingman. Didn't even last a year. Um. Halfway through my sixth grade year. Um, I forget exactly what led up to us, us moving out of the apartment, but we moved in with my grandparents and my mom probably will hear this. Um, and I'm sorry in advance, but it's just part of the story. It's what happened. Um, it's quite literally the only, um, not shining moment my mom's had with me, but, um, I was just being kind of, at this point, my mom had, had also tried to get me into counseling. Counseling Mojave County is a fucking joke. So yeah, it I've didn't, heard. didn't help. Yeah. Um, I would say it was probably about this time when more of my mental stuff started to show up. Um, it, it did show up pretty young. You can ask my mom. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure, uh, I think, yeah, in, in the apartment, the sixth grade, I think there was a, a time that I snapped and tried to stab myself. It it showed up young, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, um, but basically I was just at it, getting on hand, and I went to go visit my dad and stepmom, and my mom just basically said like I don't want him to come back right now, like type deal. Um, so there was a period of time where I was really mad at my mom, like she would call, right. and I wouldn't even wouldn't talk to her. Um, well, didn't didn't last long though because right. that's that's why I said and like here's the redeeming thing is my my mom has always been my rock and probably always yeah. will be uh, absolutely I love my mom to death she is one of my best friends for sure we we've had our moments since even since then we've had our moments well it's hard um, to um, well, even talking about my stuff with you know the stuff I've been through with my mom on the second episode like it's it's not especially when you're in a good spot with your with your parent, like, I, 
it's hard to be like, but you did fuck up right here, and I'm sorry, but it's like the truth. It just and is, we're, but I, we're all in better spots mm-hmm. with our relationships with our parents Absolutely. because of these oh, things. Yeah. Well, and I've me and my mom have talked about it. We're just too very strong personalities and, and th- i'm sure during that time she was scared she well, didn't know what to do well i mean sure. even just there's been times where we've we've been talking about a subject and start disagreeing and i've literally had to be one of us usually <laughs> me has had to be like okay because she's a tourist or she's hard-headed <laughs> <laughs> um and i'll okay we're just gonna have to agree to disagree we're just like, gonna just, stop it here it's okay like there's it's no an point. important there's skill no to have yeah for yeah, sure so um so um about this time um, was the first first time that I had uh, accidentally, and when I say accidentally, I just accidentally came upon substances and started trying them, but very slowly. It wasn't like an all the time. It was just a couple times. Right. Stuff like that. Um, by this time, we moved to a different cabin, <laughs> and stuff started to get pretty bad. As far as mental Betw- state or be- just... Between my father and my and stepmom. stepmom. Um, it's like constant fighting and yelling. My stepmom, alcoholism got worse. Um, now, some did they... They didn't have a child together, did they? No, they did. My, so they that's did. My, that's my sister, Leah. D- did just you that happens, talk about that? That happens later. Okay. Yeah, we're I not, just we're didn't not there yet. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm rushing my own boys. Yeah, you're story. okay. No, you're I fine. just wanted to, um, I was going to cut it out if we don't. So. Yeah, no. Um, so uh, something happened between them, and my stepmom ended up moving to all the way to Phoenix, uh, which is where her, her mom lived, uh, my grandma. And... Um, because of that, we uh, like basically uh, my, we couldn't afford the cabin anymore. I think my stepmom quit her job. She was working at um, the courthouse in Flagstaff. Gotcha. Um, I'm I'm horrible. I'm blanking on her position, but she was the person who well she the, does she, the she typing, types, every types word out what's everybody saying. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. the term either, I, I, yeah, but I remember you telling me that, and I always thought that did, would yeah. be so cool. Yeah, yeah, I got to sit down on a couple like uh, hearings and stuff. Cool. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was, it was, it was, uh, pretty interesting. I'm sure. Depending on the case, too, that would be wild. One of them was, <laughs> one of them was for murder. <laughs> oh no! When yeah. you were there, mm-hmm. oh no. A little bit older, but oh, but okay. I had an interest in that stuff even at a young age. Right. My my stepmom could tell there was, and there was times where like after school or just weird weird stuff where I would have to be at work with her and just chilling in her little office, and I would just be like drawn while she's finishing up her work, or whatever. But I think Crazy. it was during a couple of those times that like she's like, you want to go check out a hear what a hearing's like, yeah. like yeah. So she, and she was she was an angel. Like I um I'll always love my stuff. You were close with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was she was my other rock <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um but so so we ended up moving to Phoenix. Um and so and by this point the uh, sixth grade was over because I finished my last half of sixth grade in Flagstaff and then started did my first half of seventh grade in Flagstaff. <laughs> and then we moved to Phoenix. I moved around. Are you quite guys a hearing bit. a theme? I was like he yeah. was all over the place yeah. for and so, forever. Uh, finished my my last half of seventh grade in Phoenix. Um, so let me let me backtrack a little bit. So when everything was going on with my stepmom and dad, and she had already moved to Phoenix, um, it was when stuff got kind of bad. It was the first time my dad put hands on me, um, threw me off a ledge one time because I was in his way. Just really, just yeah, um, out of 
Which, not to blame it on uh, the drugs, but is it safe to say that stuff probably wouldn't have happened if he didn't have the issues he did? I mean, I think it would be safe to say that he wouldn't be chemically induced bipolar if he hadn't had those problems. Which, but I would I would say that it's definitely a, a pretty big contributing factor because I've seen that same man be the most loving and caring, one of the most loving and caring people I've ever seen, but then also flip flop and like be ready to shoot someone in the face. So, which is probably (laughs) another big difference between chemically induced types of bipolar. Like Uh, I, they, they're probably a lot more. Oh, when my dad flip flops, it it goes from, so my, the way my dad works, he flip flops from just being super kind, super caring, like ridiculously empathetic, like kind of over empathetic. Right. Um, very, very open, very talkative, just super friendly Absolutely. to fuck you, fuck everyone else, fuck the world. It's everyone else's fault, not mine. And if you look at me wrong, I'm going to grab you by the throat and like choke slam you into a wall. That's, that's yeah. what he flip flops between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so just, just rough time. I spent not a lot. This is basically the start of my, of my teenage years of not spending a lot of time at home, like ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's easier to be away. Yeah. Um, so, so we, yeah, we moved to Phoenix, and it just it got worse. <laughs> um, uh, the there was a time where I was at home, and stepmom was at work or something, and came downstairs, and I'm just sitting there and just pissed off about whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and comes back that way and like steps on my foot. When I say step, my dad's a, a big man, like mm-hmm. stepped on my foot hard. I just, I don't know what had happened previously, but I was just about done with this shit. And this is in seventh grade. And starts going up the stairs and all, hey, like you stepped on my foot. And just kind of like looked at me. I was like, why don't you watch the fuck you're going? And that's the first time I ever cussed at my father. And he gives me this look and steps back and gets right in my face. And he's all, what the fuck did you just say to me? I was like, you heard me. I was like, watch where you're going. There's no need for that. And I don't know what it was. I think it was honestly me saying no need for that. I just saw like this light flicker in his eyes and he kind of like just kind of stepped back and went back up the stairs and slammed his bedroom door and I was just like sitting there like I could have just died right there <laughs> like, <laughs> but um so shortly after that um my dad snapped um at this point I was unbeknownst to me I didn't know why I was staying at my aunt's but I was staying at my aunt's for a little bit um, because him and my stepmom were having a lot of problems. Right. She was staying at my grandma's. Well, funny thing is, at the time, we lived, it was so, so funny. So the condo we lived in was, like, right around the corner. And then my grandma lived right here around the corner. Right. And then my aunt lived in the condos literally right next to hers. So you guys were all, like, in this triangle. Take me 10 minutes to walk to my condo. Like, right. that we all, you know, where we all lived. And so... And just, and it just, the way it happened, it was like almost like I was supposed to witness this. Um, we were coming, me, my aunt, and my cousin, we were coming back from bowling, I think, or something like that. Had a good day. Yeah. Just and it's, it's like 11 in the morning, though, still. Like it's not like evening time. Yeah. And we're going to go inside, and I just all of a sudden hear this freaking yelling, like down the yeah. way. And my, my aunt Julie's kind of like looking down. We're all just looking, like, what the hell's going on? And just all of a sudden, I could recognize it was my dad's voice, and my aunt was like, okay, we're going to go inside. We're going to go inside. And so uh, he just, he snapped. I don't know if he was super drunk, super high, probably was. Mm-hmm. And showed up at my grandma's. 
like peeled into the parking lot, didn't even like park or anything, just like peeled in, parked in the middle of the thing, and got out of his Jeep with his gun, started walking up to my grandma's house, and he didn't know that there were two cops right across the street in the parking lot watching all of this and fucking came across, ran up on him, fuck, which fucking gun, all that shit. And they they didn't get they just happened happened to be to sitting be there, there just happened to be, they and so to be to be clear or not to be clear sorry to be fair that was actually a, a pretty common spot because people like to speed in right. Phoenix but <laughs> I'm just more saying like kind of thank God oh absolutely yeah I don't I don't know what would happen that day but uh, so yeah. he went to jail for because he was screaming at them for a little bit wasn't he the cops and stuff wasn't he no he was screaming at them for a second it took the cops a second to come to, they got in their cars came across the parking lot lit him up rolled out of their cars real quick because he had a gun he had a gun in his hand I oh mean, so he didn't resist yeah. them Good. um so he went to jail for like three or four months uh, so it was just me and my stepmom and that shit was really interesting my stepmom kept apologizing to me i'm just like yeah i don't even at that i was like i don't i don't see what you did wrong like i don't even care what you did wrong yeah. like he <laughs> you know like i'm with i understand enough to know that this is only his yeah. fault so when he got out of jail he went and moved into like Oh, sketchy part of town because he had he just went and moved into like a one bedroom just that's all he could afford right you know he obviously lost a job he was in jail for three or four months and uh this is my stepmom telling you know my mom but she wouldn't let me see him at, wouldn't let him see me at first wow uh first like week or so and then i would just <laughs> it's really weird going from my stepmom's to go hang out with my father <laughs> like oh, on I'm the weekends sure, and yeah stuff. usually it was you know reversed but or, right. you know mom to dad but um so Oh, it was just a really weird time. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, after all that, when summer hit, I was like, I'm out of here. I want to go back to my mom's. Like, And yeah. at this point, my mom was with Delilah's father. Um, and he was he was cool with it. Yep. Knew, knew kind of the situation and stuff. And so I moved back <laughs> moved back to Kingman. Again. Um, and stuff mellowed out for the most part. Um, not This bit. is about the time when my mental health stuff started to really take effect. But my life in general kind of mellowed out. I didn't have... My mom and and Delilah's father didn't fight and argue like that. Obviously, my mom right. my mom's never had a drug or alcohol problem. Thank God. Yes, <laughs> um, she's solid. She likes to drink, but like literally for fun and on occasion. Like she don't she don't yeah. drink every night, ever, even every weekend. No. So, um, and same with with Chuck. He he does he didn't even smoke weed or nothing. He was kind of kind of straight edge except for drinking beer. Um, <laughs> kind of kind of an asshole, but. I, I love you, Chuck, if you end up here in this. But <laughs> you were kind of an asshole, uh, just being fair. That, that was about the only thing is him and me didn't really get along. We literally did not get along until about the last, I don't know, two months I was living in his house as an adult. Like, this is before <laughs> I moved into my first apartment. Like, <laughs> it's not lovely how that works. Yeah, super funny. But, um, um, so, you know, I just, I just started doing teenager stuff. You know, started, started hanging out with friends, started, started smoking weed at a pretty young age, you know, to be honest, start, started drinking at a pretty young age. But um, I would say there was a period of time where I was an alcoholic as a teenager because um, I, and just well, because I was drinking every weekend and then it became, right. it was even more Thursday than nights just and for fun. Yeah. Well, and then, so we'll fast forward a little bit. So um, high school, um, I dropped out of high school. Yay. Woo. Um, but when I dropped out, like, I would still go out of my way to learn stuff, meaning, like, reading books and mm-hmm. shit like that. Stuff that I wanted to know, not stuff that the school system wants you to know and all that stuff, which is all fine and dandy. But Which, to be fair, Logan is uh, more educated on history than probably anybody I know. 
Uh, and that's just one subject. Like I freaking love history. <laughs> very, 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 very smart. Um, um, sorry, just no, had no, to guess you're you. Okay. <laughs> but so you dropped out. Um, and so, but you know, obviously, like uh, I didn't have shit to do, and right. um, at the time, I didn't need to get a job necessarily. I didn't really care to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very rare person in the sense of, um, and this isn't me like boosting my own horn. I just I know this. Um, I don't care about money the way that most human beings do. Um. I care. So an Aquarius. Yeah, I care about to the. I care about it to the extent that you need it to survive in this world, and if you don't have it, well, your life's probably gonna suck. Yeah. Just because that's unfortunately needed to do things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about the extent I care about money. I don't. I don't need money to be happy. I don't need to have all these material possessions. You know, is there freedom with having extra money? Absolutely. There's also freedom with just doing whatever the hell you want. And figuring it out. Like, there's tons of stuff that I've done and, you know, may not have eaten the best for a couple of days after, but that experience lasts a lifetime. Like, you know, so, like, I, like yeah. I'm very much about, you know, surviving and having money to survive and also be able to do stuff and live and So life. be able to and actually it. experience life. Exactly. Absolutely. No point working or working, uh, what's the, how's that saying go? Working to die instead of, or working to live instead of or living to work instead of working to live or whatever. Yep. Something, something to that effect. Yep. Yeah. So, um, um, so yeah, so dropped out of high school, um, started like just for sake of honesty, started partying pretty heavily. Um, just, just mostly alcohol and, and pot. I've never luckily, n- and this isn't me like no, no shade towards any human being alive on this planet, but I've never been addicted to any hard drugs or anything like that. Thankfully, right. Well, and I feel like that's is something to say thankfully because yeah. it obviously runs in your it bloodline it like does. it runs well, in Well, and as I said, like I would I would argue that there was a period of time when I was a teenager where I was probably an alcoholic, but that's just because yeah. like re- realistically I was drinking every weekend. Yep. Then on sometimes on weekdays, you know, that's just well, kind of the definition, <laughs> like part of it. You have everything Excuse that's gone me. on with your life, plus a bunch of mental health stuff that you still don't even understand at this point that's happening. Yeah. So we're partying. Yeah, and that's probably not helping. Um, so about 17, um, I decided, me, me, and my, me and Chuck, uh, we weren't getting along very well. Um, and so a really good friend of my, mine at the time, um, was also had also moved out of her her mom's house and uh, had gotten a place in downtown Kingman, and it's Jewel. Mm-hmm. and so um, uh, her and her boyfriend at the time didn't work out and she was kind of like living down there by herself and I wanted to fuck out I just wanted to move out I was sick of you know yep. sick of getting yelled at for stupid shit and to be fair to be to fair, be fair. <laughs> um, I, you know I was a seventeen year old no job smoking weed kind of just sitting on my ass playing video games. So, like, I understand, (laughs) to be fair, or not to be fair, to be clear, I understand why there was frustration and irritation and and stuff. Um, So I I get it, you know. Um, But, you know, I was just like, you know, might as well just freaking get out of here anyway. So I um, didn't get emancipated or nothing. There was no need for it. My mom was like, if you want to leave, I'm not going to stop you. Like, you know. My mom, and not, not in no shade. My mom was just like, yeah, you're, you're, you're an adult. Yeah, she's like, she's like, do. I know you can take care of yourself. Like, if this is what you want, like, I'm not going to tell you no. I was back home two and a half months later. <laughs> in there, 
<laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, I was, I was seventeen at the time. So, um, like God, uh, I th- so actually now now that I think about it, um, so about this time, my stepmom wasn't doing very good. Um, for a little bit before this, she had been having um, problems with, with from her gastric bypass on top of being an alcoholic. And so, and then went through a pregnancy. Pregnancy. In the oh, of all of thank this. you. Sorry, missing stuff. So my sister Leah, um, she was born when I was fourteen. So this is the actual like baby, baby now of between my siblings. father and, and my stepmom. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when so when uh, when I first came down to visit, and after they found out they were pregnant, this was the first time me and my father smoked weed together. And we're sitting there just talking about stuff. And this is when my dad opened up to me about doing meth and just all that stuff. This I is did not how, know that. This is how I found out. And, uh, yeah, because this is – so I remember, like, you know, he told me all this stuff. And it kind of got quiet for a minute, just kind of sitting there smoking. And I, was, and I told him, I was like, if you – because he told me, like, I'm, you know, I'm quitting doing all that stuff. You know, he's like, I want to be healthy Solid and good for, 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 your, for, your, for your sister and stuff. And. So I told him, I was like, if you ever do that stuff again, I'll fucking disown you. And we haven't talked in, well, not regularly. Like, he's tried to talk to me a couple times, but we haven't talked now in five or six years almost. Yeah. Because I keep my fucking word. And he didn't. Nope. So, um, uh, so yeah having a baby and just all that stuff. And then so I, I think that might have even possibly caused some complications just with her body. Oh, I'm sure she was a little she bit older when well, she had she had young. Leah when she was thir- in her mid 30s so that doesn't yeah. help um probably I don't I'm not a doctor <laughs> but no that's um, about mid 30s um, is when stuff could they tell you that things are winding down that's and right, you need right. to uh-huh. okay it's it's harder on your body once you even just I've heard even just when you hit your mm-hmm. 30s so um so um so and then so towards the point before um she passed away. Um, she's she had a lot of problems, and she was also she also got addicted to painkillers. After Leah, yeah, because she was having problems, and that's what she got prescribed, and just a classic story. Of and what happened, so because of that, com- combined with alcohol, just rough body, she ended up having liver, I think liver and kidney failure. And that's how she. And that's how passed she passed away. away. Um, and. Yeah, she passed away. Then I was on my way to Phoenix to go see her in the hospital, and then I got there the morning after she passed away. So you um, didn't get to see her, which I'm sure was really, really hard. Yeah, I was a uh, I was a pallbearer at her funeral. Um, that basically is what sent my father spiraling. Um, he was clean for about five years. He'd still drink beer, or yeah. like you know. Here and there on the nights, but no hard alcohol, no bun- no no bunch of beer, no right. no drugs other than you know smoke smoking weed. Um, so I'm pretty sure it was I after I came back from her her funeral and, and all that stuff that I moved downtown uh, with with Jewel for a couple months and stuff, and um, pretty much nothing exciting happened from that. I <laughs> uh, ended up moving back home. Uh, some stuff happened with Jewel and she ended up moving to California and I just, I didn't have a job at the time. I was doing like odd jobs, like 
yard jobs and shit. You would think I was on drugs, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, no jobs, doing yard jobs. Whatever, Cade's Cade's been doing all sorts of random odd jobs ever since he graduated. That's fair, that's fair. It um, happens. So it this was is also in Kingman, Arizona, but well, <laughs> definitely. And it was after this point that you ended up getting diagnosed with bipolar. So, so um, pretty shortly after I moved back in, uh, it was about six, seven months after I moved back in with my mom and Chuck. I ended up moving down to Phoenix um, because um, this my ex, my ex Julia. Um, right. I had known her since middle, we went to middle school together in Phoenix. Had known each other since then and started talking and really just hit it off. And I, you know, I wasn't doing anything with my life. And I was like, well, I wouldn't mind getting the hell out of Kingman. Like, and so my dad at, at the time, he was kind of, he was in a rough spot. He was trying to keep it together, just trying to, you know, and so. Cause he's a single dad now. He's a single dad now. And, you know, he had my grandma's help, obviously tre- yeah. tremendously. Um, but, uh, you know, I shot the idea to him. I was like, you know, I'll move down there. We can get a house together. I'll, I'll help you pay the, the bills and stuff. And right. my dad was super into it. So I ended up moving down there de- December of right before I turned 18. Because <laughs> I can't, I'm bad with years. I am too. So. Um, this would have been like 2014-ish. Yeah. yeah, somewhere around there. So moved down there. Everything's going pretty good. Yeah, I mean, got my first job. It was a landscaping job. I was working with my dad and my uncle. Under the table, making Freaking five dollars an hour doing landscaping. Woo! <laughs> um, so working in the fucking Casa Grande heat, which is worse than Phoenix. Oh, oh. No, so um, about five six months there, um, I was visiting Kingman and got in some trouble with the law and uh, sent me spiraling. I, I got into a really bad depression, like really bad, and then. Uh, few months later I uh had a so the way depression works like on on just and then there's obviously a a pretty broad spectrum with depression but just just basics we'll just cover so you got just you have your basic depression that human beings can have can last up to a couple weeks whatever just like they call it like the blues whatever anything past that point is chronic depression right then you have manic depression manic depression is a little more severe right more stuff going on can um can ex, uh, exhibit, exhibit like traits manic of, traits, of even by like similar to Which the manic side of bipolar I've and stuff. What we've talked about me possibly having mm-hmm. based on my symptoms. And then there is psychotic depression. A psychotic depression um, is usually when when a lot of people, if you get to that point, it's usually when people snap and commit suicide, right, and stuff like that. Not not a lot of people, I shouldn't say, but just some people. It's 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 yeah. happened, and I've um, I've read articles and stuff about it, and very interesting because i i believe that's where i got to um i started waking up just crying for no reason um so it's like august um i was at julia's house woke up and this had been going for a minute and she just she was frustrated not with me but because she didn't know what to do she didn't know what was going on yeah she didn't she's probably frustrated because she couldn't help me Mm -hmm. um but in my head um it felt like she didn't want me there, so I left. And I went home, and no one was home. And so I tried to commit suicide with my father's revolver. Um, when I couldn't do it, I tried to disarm the gun, because I, I, when I'm not in that state of mind, I know how to. Um, right. I know how to disarm <laughs> revolvers. 
Um, I was shaking a bunch, and the gun went off. I shot. I was in my father's room. I shot a hole through his bed, actually. Um, and our house, the walls were made of brick, so my ears were ringing I'm bad. Um, so I just, I, I don't know, it's like fight or flight kicked in or whatever, and so I immediately called Julia, just freaking out, and just, I couldn't really get words out, but she, I, she understood enough where she's like, you need to come back here now. Yeah. And uh, her, her stepfather at the time just so happened to be going to school for psychology. Wow. And so she gets me in, kind of calms me down, gets me, you know, not hyperventilating and stuff. And she's right. like, she's talking to me and she's like, so I'm going to have Francis come in here and he's going to talk to you. Okay. And just, just real calm. Cause she, yeah. uh, her, so for, for sake of story, uh, her o- older sister is also bipolar. Okay. So she has gone through this before she, right. she knows. And, and Julia told me later on, cause we, we had talked in, uh, more in the future after I had got diagnosed and, and, and all this stuff. And she, you know, she told me, she's like, I could have told you, I just didn't know how to like, you know, like, you know, um, but, uh, he talked to me for maybe three minutes and he's like, okay, so we're going to take you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's, it's going to be okay. You know? And so <laughs> her mom is also, or was, she's retired now, was a nurse <laughs> at Osborne yep. hospital. Uh, so they made, they called ahead made sure that she was going to be my nurse. So I would be comfortable and everything. Happened, like, thank God you had a somebody there to kind of make it not so. Because I feel like oh, a lot yeah. of people that end up going into stuff like that, like, they they don't have that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so I went to the, went to the regular hospital. Um, uh, she, she talked to me. Another, another nurse talked to me. Doctor talked to me. And then they asked me, you know, like, uh, it was all voluntary, you know, I wasn't forced right. to do anything, but right. I just, I was kind of out of it and then just knew that I needed help, you know, obviously. And so, um, I went to this place, they took me in the ambulance, um, and Julian and, uh, I think my dad met me there. Um, and it's called, it's called Aurora. Um, it's a pr- pretty decent place. I wasn't, I was, I was only there for about a week and in the time, at least in the time that I was there, I don't know about now or history or whatever. But in the time that I was there, my personal experience and what I witnessed, no abuse, nothing, good good facility. They they actually care. Um, And they don't just help people with mental health. They help people that are, like, coming out of, like, uh, rehab before they go into the halfway halfway house and stuff like that. Met a lot of of interesting, cool people in that week. I'm sure. Um, Met a possessed girl, I'm pretty sure, in that week. That was interesting. I remember that story. Yeah, we won't get into that story right now. We'll but tell that uh, on the next one. Super interesting that story. That was insane. Oh, even the nurses were freaking out. Yeah, no, <laughs> she, she scared people. Yeah, um, yeah, she scared me, and I don't, not to, like, boast about, but human beings don't really scare me much because I just, I know what human beings are capable of, and maybe that's because I haven't, you know, no one's ever tried to, like, chop me up with a machete or something <laughs> <laughs> so maybe i'm biased but uh <laughs> or biased but um <laughs> but uh so anyways um so i was in there for about a week um when i got out um my uh my best friend who's my best friend to this day Aaron's, love you, Aaron's Aaron. smart i love the shit out of you my guy um, he, he was the only friend the only one of mine that called me every day not not every day Couple, t- I think a couple days he called me a couple times. I'm sure. Uh, and checked up on me and my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Julia. Yeah. Um, her sister came to see me in there, too, because she had actually spent time in Aurora. Because Aurora was originally Banner or was also in, like, okay. with Banner Health or whatever, mental health. So she had spent, she, you know, 
she, well, I think one of the first things she asked me to, she's like, you, you know, they'd be nice to you. Everything okay? I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, everything, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, and this is also a place um, I wasn't forced to take my medication. Um, I took it the first few days I was there and then just noticed that it was causing my Tourette's to act up um, because we'll touch on that for a second real quick. Um, when it's not, not on the mental stuff with Tourette's, um, there's a, so there's a lot of people that have, it's like a dysfunction with your liver. Um, so like if you have Tourette's syndrome and you're an alcoholic, it'll probably cause your muscle spasms to act up and stuff like that. Um, th things like that. So, um, when you, if you take prescription pills and stuff and can do that. And I noticed that it was causing my Tourette's to act up a lot. And so I uh, went to go, you know, kind of had like what you see in the movie, like a line where people come to take their medication and stuff. And I went up there and I just told them, I was like, I, I don't feel like taking it. And they're like, okay, well, you know, it's, it's recommended. Like, you know, we don't recommend right. that you just cut, you know, stop, you know, stop right. taking it. And I just explained to them like why. And they were like, okay, well, we just, just know that that's like, that's your choice. Like, you know, we're not, you know, I was like, yeah, no, I just, you know. So, you know, I, I was expecting to be like, no, you have to take have them. Because that's what you've seen in freaking movies. <laughs> you know, exactly. And, and I'm sure there are still some facilities like that, that are like I that. Like yeah. Um, so, and you've never, because you, after that, didn't stay on medication. No, I, so the meds that they prescribed me, I stayed on for about a week. It was Ambien to help me sleep. And then I forget what they gave me for, as a mood stabilizer, but it was something with a T. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I used to know stuff about meds when <laughs> I was a CNA and all that yeah, knowledge. Yeah. I feel like got stripped. So uh, my mom and pretty much all my friends were like, we think you should come see friends and family for a bit. And uh, I and Julia was like, yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Because I was, I was, this was the first time I had moved away from home. Like, uh, not, I mean, I was an adult, but I was still a kid. Like, right. You know I mean? Yeah. But um, so, you know, I was missing my family and friends. And so. Originally, I was only supposed to stay for two weeks, and they conv everyone convinced me, like, when I was going to go home to stay for another two weeks. They were like, I think it's too soon. So, went back, um, was back for maybe a month or so, and I'd quit my job because I was making $6 an hour, yep. getting ba getting almost heat stroke every day. I just, you know, and I was, I was actively looking for another job, but my dad was just stressed out about that, and just, my dad was not the most supportive when this was happening, unfortunately. Um, my dad doesn't believe in seeing therapists and talking to counselors and Just stuff. Just probably he comes part from, of his problem. Yeah, he comes from that generation, unfortunately. Yeah. My dad's a little bit older. My dad's uh, should be close to being 60 by now. Oh, yeah. And my mom's in her 40s. So. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize their age gap was so big. It's like 13 years, I want to say. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. It that is a different type of generation. Yeah, he was born. In, he was born in nineteen. He was born in nineteen sixty-three. So, yeah. Yeah, and so he's almost. He's almost sixty. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Well, and men just in yeah. general are not. Um, <laughs> they're not really pushed to talk about what's going on. It's a more new um, thing within the like. I would say even just the last ten last or few so years. years yeah. Like thank really, God though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seriously though. Yeah. Talk about your goddamn problems, my guys. And girls, but like this, this is specifically no, to the guys. Yeah, no, talk really about your though. fucking problems. Like, go get diagnosed if you feel like something's wrong because your life will go improve. See a therapist, because um, even without you being on medication, I'm sure that diagnosis, as hard it, as it was to hear and accept at first, I'm sure after it gave you a lot of clarity. I'm sure of how you are. Yes and no, because so when, when I was in Aurora is when I got diagnosed as bipolar. So on my paperwork, it says uh, anxiety disorder, uh, manic depression, bipolar one. 
Okay. Um, and that's that's the thing. So uh, when you're in Aurora, you don't just talk to like one. You talk to you. Uh, oh, I, I talked to a to a psychologist and a psychiatrist, right. and then um, just like counselors and stuff. And there was like group therapy and all that stuff. Um, I was in denial right. about my bipolar, which as you know, yeah. for a few years after I got diagnosed. Um, and it wasn't like, it wasn't denial. Like you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah. I just, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if it, my brain just couldn't accept that. Like I was not one of those people, but like, well, there's a stigma around you know, people that specifically bipolar. And I feel bipolar like and BPD and schizophrenia, schizophrenia they're the so yeah. misunderstood, especially. And I blame Hollywood for a lot of that too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and even you hear like, um, like bipolar is even glorified. Like, you know, you see like I've seen social media stuff or like even on it's girls are like, I'm so bipolar. <laughs> and you're like, uh, Please stop doing why did you say that? No, <laughs> like, I'm actually glad you brought that up because yeah, if we could all make a conscious effort uh, to stop using bipolar as a way to ex- like describe yourself when you have mood swings, like it really, it feeds into the stigma of things and really takes away from the people that actually have to deal with this disorder. Um, because I've lived with Logan for over a year, um, and never once his, uh, mood swings, quote unquote, they are not like one minute he's super happy. And then I turn around two minutes later and he's fucking pissed. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not how this works at all. Um, but I understand being in denial about it because that's a really big diagnosis to mm-hmm. have to accept, especially as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so. Um, before I continue, like how open am I allowed to be on this? You, baby. Okay, I just, I just. Baby. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Yeah, you are. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, fast forward a little bit. So, um, 20s come around. Uh, um, a- after I had, after, um. After so after I was pretty much oh no no actually I'm jumping way ahead that's quick. okay I'm missing an important part of the story so after spending my time in in Kingman and stuff after 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 my right. suicide uh, incident or almost suicide incident um uh there was one night it's like three in the morning making a quesadilla <laughs> in the oven because like let's be honest quesadillas in the oven are way better than the microwave. <laughs> bitch and um it wasn't being loud like i'm pretty good at being quiet when other people are sleeping because i'm really nocturnal i have been that way for a long time i'm usually up when other people aren't and so and i'm respectful like i don't i don't like being woken up and so i can see where people come from you know so i'm not being loud and my father wakes up my father's pretty night owlish but he had been asleep for a minute and comes out and just kind of he's like what are you doing and i'm like just making a quesadilla and he's all oh okay okay why, why are you cooking in the oven? And I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's better that way. Like, what? <laughs> and he's like, okay. Just goes to turn around, like go back to his room, stops in the hallway. And he's like, oh yeah, I just wanted to tell you, you know, um, you don't have a job or a new place to live in a week. And, you know, just the drops that on me at yeah. three o'clock in the morning. Not like, hey, can I have a conversation with you about something yeah. serious in the morning? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No problem. Right. No. So, uh, understandably, I'm, like, automatically flustered. I'm, like, what the fuck? Where the yeah, fuck is this coming is this from, coming? you know? And immediately just gets heated. 
started screaming and yelling at me, just just wilding out. And I was just taken aback and super pissed. So I said a lot of shit that I've been wanting to say. It wasn't like it was true, all true. A lot of shit that I've been wanting to say for a long fucking time. Uh, to the point that he got in my face and raised his fist at me. And I was like, what, are you going you gonna to fucking hit me? Like, go for it, you know? Like, let's fucking go. Steps back and just start, keeps running his fucking mouth and turns around to walk away. And I started following him down the hallway because, like, in my bed, I'm like, you're not going to fucking turn your back and walk away from me. You started this shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I still don't. I don't remember what I said, but I said something that, and he turned around and he grabbed me by my throat with both hands and went to start going to choke me. And I just was just happened to be quick enough and got my arms up like through his, through yeah. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed his head and put my thumbs on his eye sockets and started pushing. And I told him to let go, and he wouldn't. So I started pushing fucking harder, and he wouldn't. And he, he's my my dad's got a strong motherfucking grip. His yeah. nickname is Sasquatch for a reason. Oh, yeah, lovely. So um, he wouldn't let go, and so and at this point, I'm my my dad has a knee problem. And so I'm stronger than him at this point because I've been doing landscaping for seven months straight in the heat. <laughs> and so we just kind of started, and this hallway is real narrow, started rocking back and forth, and uh, I ended up chucking him through the bathroom wall. Yep. And he proceeds to pull himself out of the wall, look at the wall, look at me, and say, you need to knock this shit off, get the cops called, and then goes, goes to, to bed. bed. Yep. I lost my mind because I'm just like, what the f- like, so, what just even happened? So the next day, I go over to Julia's and just tell her what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking out. And she is just because she was getting ready to move to California t- for uh, she cosmetology was going to school. school. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, just told me, I think you should call your mom. Yeah. Got, you know. And uh, so I did. I just told her what was happening. Just told her I didn't know what to do. And she didn't ask any questions because she yep. knows how my father is. And was like, I'll be there in a week. Yep. So end up moving back to Kingman. I'm getting another job, just kind of hanging out, doing the long distance thing with Julia. Uh, she was living in Oceanside, California, so I went to go see her a few times, and then just didn't work out as long distance relationships often do. Um, she is one of the, other than you, <laughs> you're the best. But she, she was, if it wasn't for her, um, no, she wouldn't. I wouldn't no, be here right yeah, now. Yeah, no, so, I'm very um, grateful for her. She and she's she's doing great. You know, she's you know she's an awesome person. So. Um, so we ended up breaking up and stuff. And I'm crying uh, about your ex girlfriend. <laughs> 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 no, and I, I want to be clear. I am grateful for her. Like, yeah. there are times I have a hard time hearing. Because um, Logan and I are super uh, open, and we always have been. But, like, as much as there's been times where I have a hard time hearing about Julia, because that was, like, such a pivotal relationship for him, like everything he went through with his suicide attempt and everything, like, I'm so grateful she was there. Um, because she, it's very apparent, like, how much you needed her support and how much she cared about you, like. Oh, absolutely. So I'll yeah. always be grateful for oh, that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure um, there was a day she came to see me in Aurora, and it was, like, past time or something. Mm-hmm. Sarah telling her, and she lost her shit on Oh, me, I'm I guess. sure. And was like, no, like you were letting I me don't see care. Him. And they were like, okay, yeah. yeah I, will. <laughs> I remember because like I thought she wasn't coming or something, and so I was just like, okay, well, you know, something probably happened. Yeah, wasn't Whatever. even mad about yeah. it. I was like, you know, I understand. And they're like, hey, uh, you had a visitor. I'm like, 
Word. Visiting yeah, hours, but right. okay. <laughs> I think that was the day she actually brought Katharina, her, her, her sister with her. Sorry, I probably oh, awesome. shouldn't be using all these names, but. but it's yeah, okay. Yeah. We're not. Um, but anyways, um, so. Uh, so I moved back in with my mom and, and, and Chuck, and then they, they separated not too long after I moved back. And then uh, she moved out actually before I did. And then uh, cause I, just, I was just getting my shit together still. And then uh, I was also looking for – no, no, I'm sorry. I had just started a new job. And then so got into – and we were, me and a, a, an old friend of mine were trying to get into a place. So I ended up having to go stay actually with uh, Donovan and Emmy's dad for like – it was about a month or so. Mm-hmm. And then he, he actually helped me and uh, my old friend get into our, our first apartment. Um, after moving into the apartment um, is when I – I would say I really started to really notice the effects of my mental my health and it, and it really started to affect my life and mm-hmm. friendships and relationships and stuff. Um, I lived in my first apartment for about six months. Um, it's just a wild times, you know, young 20, early mm-hmm. 20s, you know. Wasn't super partying at the time because, like, mm-hmm. I was kind of over. The thing when you when the thing is, is and this, start, is, yeah. this is why they sit, tell you, you know, to, like, be a kid and just, like, wait to, uh-huh. to party and do all that stuff. Yep. But when you party from the age of 14 to, like, 17, you get over house parties pretty quick. Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm so, um, and, and by this point, too, I had stopped drinking. Um, like, not, st- uh, let me re- not rephrase that, not stopped, but uh, I, I, and to this day, as okay. you know, I yeah. drink on pretty rare occasions. Usually, really like, if I'm just in the moment feeling it. Yep. Um, special occasion, mm-hmm. like a birthday party, New Year's, stuff like that. And when I drink, I don't get drunk. I get no. buzzed, and, and usually because I'm also smoking, so like there's no need. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I just I don't like to be that way. There's just no no point for me really, um, personally. But anyways, um, so after I'm after living in the apartment because that that there was some shit that happened. I won't get into, but that didn't last long. If you've if you ever moved into an apartment with someone you're really good friends with. Uh, probably have no I, I probably Shit don't have to explain change. anything you probably just you're like yep I already know what you're talking about yep. because I've had so many people tell me or even when this was happening like don't move in with them you're gonna end up not friends and yeah, huh. <laughs> yeah. um so um was living with someone else uh, a few months after and had a uh, had another suicide attempt um obviously happen <laughs> um still here I lo- <laughs> <laughs> um don't you guys love that he just laughs after that but you gotta you gotta kind of but um so so you you wanted me to touch on what it's like being with like someone else who also has mental health issues when it's good and when it's not good right yeah so um just just for sake of time, like, what do you feel, like, how do uh, symptoms play a role in relationship issues? Specifically, let's start with someone that also is sev- not mentally healthy. Me or? You. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so... Like, my experience? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I can talk about our experience, but what? Well, okay, real real quick before we dive in this, 
let me uh, let me wrap up my bullshit. Sorry, I know I've been ranting people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will talk your ears off. Ask her. So well, and um, we. Um, this one will probably go a little longer, but it's okay. Keep no. People listen. They care if they if they like us and they care they'll listen. So well, and you're gonna um, be on more in the future for other things too. Um. So. Just just dealing with my bipolar stuff. Um, had one pretty toxic bad relationship. Was single for a while. And then um, ended up having another one, and uh, the the second one was a lot shorter than the first one because even though I got into a, a second one, I learned a lot from the first one and pretty quickly started noticing red flags right. and stuff. Um, but this was about the time that I started getting into raving mm-hmm. um, and um, experimenting with hallucinogenics on a, on a more regular basis. I had done them prior to this for like not like regularly, but for right. years. Prior, but this is when I started doing them not on a regular basis, but on a more regular basis. And it was also when I discovered the mental healing benefits Absolutely. of LSD because that is, I attest, that is one of the biggest, has been one of the biggest helps to where I am right now. And um, really quick before I let him continue, I will say that we both are aware that not everybody that has bipolar can take or should. Or should take hallucinogenics or even like Molly, uh, MDMA, mm-hmm. MDA. It's um, even recommended if you have bipolar to not smoke weed, which I think is funny because almost every single bipolar person I've met is a huge stoner because it helps. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I think it's important to mention because um, there's been times in my life where I've been because I've been on medications and I've been that person that's like, fuck medications um, the only thing that helps me is acid. Um, but it's important to note that there are some people that genuinely just don't do well on prescription meds, just like there are some people who just don't do well on any form of psychedelic. Um, but luckily for Logan, especially since he wasn't medicated, especially because of the issues with having Tourette's on top of being bipolar, which it's hard to get combinations correct anyways, um, psychedelics and even his friends like um everybody that i know that has grown up with logan and known him you know before his diagnosis up to now like can attest that using those substances has been a day and night difference and it's actually what helped you be able to accept the fact that you were bipolar and actually talk about it with people yeah yeah. and that uh, helped tremendously yeah, so basically after my second uh, toxic relationship is when I really, like, really just started focusing on just, like, pretty much just having fun and living my life. Like, I was, you right. know, early 20s. I don't got no kids. I don't got no problems. Like, okay. uh, why why would I worry, you know? Like, and everything was fine. Still paid my bills, you know? Um, making memories, you know? And so, um, so I'm trying to remember the year. Oh, God. Uh, so 20 so the end of no yeah no so it would have been the end of 2017 because I remember telling you about my ego death and stuff at DOS 2018 so end of 2017 December um, I was actually in the middle of a manic episode Um, and, and I'm pretty especially since since this since I have come to terms with my bipolar and accepted it since I got out of the, 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 the denial stage. Um, uh, I, I, I try not to do anything if I'm feeling kind of weird. 
Right. Um, I just, I'm like, I, probably not Especially a good idea. Like social events, things yeah, like that. Yeah, and I just, I, and you know, I'm, I, I can handle my shit for lack, you know, right. for lack of a better term, but uh, I, I try to just be smart and, and safe mm-hmm. ab- about stuff. Um, so this is about one of the only times where I've been in the middle of a, of a manic episode that I've ever done anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, my friends were, were rolling and uh, they just so happened to have an extra one and saw that I was just not having a good time. And they're like, hey, man, like, you don't have to take this if you don't want it, but do you want this? We got an extra one. And I just, something in my brain was like, yeah, I'm down. Need to take that. And so, God, probably just even an hour in, um, I was kind of sitting there just pondering to myself and I just kind of looked up at my friends and just kind of blurted out loud and started crying. I was like, guys, like, I don't know how else to say this, but like I'm bipolar and like, <laughs> um, my brother Donovan was there too. And they all just kind of, kind of looked at me with like this weird smile. Like you finally are like accepting it and like saying something about it. Like, holy shit. And they all just kind of gave me a hug and calmed me down and just pretty much talked about that for the rest of the night stuff and I was kind of just apologizing to them for being an asshole and shit just stuff like that and well because um, it's hard to uh, I don't know bipolar is so misunderstood that's that's why I wanted you on here to just talk about just you like yeah, you, yeah. the stuff you've gone through everything because um <laughs> sorry guys there was a random knock and we th- we think it's haunted in here. I don't know. It's <laughs> probably my mom vacuuming upstairs or something. Um, but you were like one of the most empathetic humans I've ever met in my entire life. So for you to be that way, but also have to handle all of your mental health stuff, like I couldn't imagine. And especially like being in relationships, um, because even though I'm not diagnosed with anything, I do need to get diagnosed or go in and get evaluated. And I've talked about this on the show. Um, but even still, like, our mental health issues have absolutely, like, played part in certain struggles that we've gone through. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> especially... Um, learn like learning to under like live and understand someone with bipolar was a huge thing for me because you think you know and you think you're gonna like understand it and that it's gonna be fine until you're in it and then you're like fuck like I don't know um what to do because um Logan and not everybody maybe is like this but with him when he's in the middle of a manic episode and he, cause when he's manic, um, it usually is small things that will set him off, um, into an episode, like a full blown. There's to me, there's a difference between being in that manic stage and like having an episode, um, stuff that definitely shouldn't, shouldn't piss anyone off. Like not to the extent. Yeah. Like minor inconveniences that nor- like normal quote unquote people, um, wouldn't think twice about. Um, but when he's in those moments, he's told me a million times, like, tell me to calm down. I'm just going to look at you weird. And that's about it. But like, it helps like, please tell me. And that's something like, I've never done because of my own traumas and my own stuff where 
um, I have a hard time interjecting and things like that. And that's something that we've kind of overcome that I've gotten a lot better with. Um, but also learning, like, because when he's manic, that doesn't mean that he's just, like, this pissed off, like, anything could set him off. He's a ticking. No. Most of the time when he's manic, he's just super fucking hyper and just wants to talk, like, and he will talk Ridiculous your ear off. Ridiculous amounts of energy. <laughs> like, I was talking to someone the other day, and I was like, ready to, ready to think about 12 projects and start two and finish none? That's <laughs> a good description of mania. <laughs> yeah. It's when he is, like... And I hate using the term motivated because you can be motivated and not be manic. But, like, that's when you hear about people starting all these projects and then not finishing them, like he said. Um, but then the depressive states are very low depressive states. And when you have two people that experience depression, it can have a pretty drastic effect on how the relationship's progressing. Because, to be fair... He moved out here right, like, two weeks before... Like, two or three weeks before shutdown. The shutdown and the pandemic hit and everything was closed. So he didn't get to go out and socialize and kind of get his roots down out here at all. Um, on top of the fact that I think, like, the worst points of at least my depression was going into the winter months of this past year. Oh yeah. Well, because just, just to finish up on my little freaking life story. I'm um, sorry. No, no, no. Just so we can go ahead and then, you know, uh, talk about other more interesting stuff. Um, <laughs> um, but about two weeks after I came to, to terms with my bipolar is when I had my first ego death experience. And I just want to be clear for anyone that has ever heard the term ego death your ego don't die. No, like, it don't actually die. You, if you're human, you got an ego to an extent, yeah. whether you think you do or not, you do. Yes. Um, but it's a very humbling experience, and it can be a very eye-opening experience for things that you may not have seen or have been ignoring or whatever. And the biggest thing that I took away from it was balance. That was, like, the main message that was given to me. And from that point forward, my life started improving a lot and I was yeah. my 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 day-to-day -day was a lot more not just in general but in inside in my head was a lot more positive and productive I didn't I was in more control uh, a lot more control and then literally like you know I could go on for days about interesting shit but so we'll jump to me moving up here um yeah no 2020 was the worst mental health year I've had since 2017 quite literally like uh, it's the first time it's the first time in a very long time that I didn't think I was going to make it to the next year. And that, it, it was hard because he, he came out here literally just to be with me. It was his only reason to be out here. So um, to have the pandemic going on and then to f tell that he was so unhappy um, and in that place, like it's, it's hard to be in a relationship during those times because you just want so badly to be able to fix it, even though there's, there's nothing you can fix. Like you have to just be there. And he even, it, it ended up flip-flopping even, I would say where there was a period where I was probably even more depressed and it speaking candidly when I get depressed like that it affects my sex drive I don't <clears throat> I like the th 
like it's not even a thought for me I don't have even I barely have the energy to stay alive right now I don't want to do anything and to have two people that neither one of us I mean obviously he had Julia and he had that good relationship and I have had a handful of relationships that were okay um but mostly because of our childhood trauma and not even just relationship stuff um we've both had to really learn how to be open about what's going on and um I don't know I've I've always had a really hard time um with expressing my feelings just in general so that's something that is even harder too when you have a partner that is not mentally healthy because you don't want to put anything on them any more than what's already being put on them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so it kind of starts to cause this disconnect and I started like we felt that for a little bit I think both of us and yeah yeah. it was hard um because I think both of us just (laughs) it had nothing to do with the other person but neither one of us really knew what we needed to do to pull ourselves out of it yeah yeah. I mean I'm still a little bit there like not not depressed I've been Mm -hmm. I Thank God. Thankfully, I have not been not. depressed in a bit. Um, yeah. But I've, I've just been in this weird motivation fog. Like, I, I feel like I'm kind of not all the way here, like, like mm-hmm. physically, like, ethically. <laughs> no. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's been weird. Um, but but um, for, for, for those that don't know, for those that either don't experience it or don't know anyone personally that is bipolar, doesn't live with someone, um, it's obviously different for every person that goes through right. it, and it, it can depend on you know what, what bipolar one, bipolar two. There's a couple other ones out there that are you know branched off. Um, for me personally, the way that I experience bipolar, um, and I've seen artwork that depicts this pretty well, like the way that, and and, and this part I would argue probably a, a lot of, of people that experience bipolar that would say that this is so, at least somewhat how it feels, but when you're not in control, when you're not yeah. in control, it feels like there's someone standing behind you, like with with like a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the handle part's called, but with the, the puppeteer yeah. strings, you know, with the whole yep. the whole thing, you know, like Pinocchio. Yeah, and you can watch yourself do stuff, and then two minutes later, go, "Why the hell did I just do that or say that?" Mm-hmm. Um, happens to me a lot. My biggest thing is um, my brain has this lovely thing it likes to do when I'm, there's, this is a kind of common thing too with bipolar where it just likes to tell me that I'm worthless, um, that I'm a piece of shit, that I don't deserve multiple things. Um, and when you're, or when I've been in relationships with people and it just depends on who, my, who I'm in a relationship with, Depending on uh, depending on what state of mind my brain is in, you know, my brain might tell me like they're fucking mad at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely, they're annoyed with you. They don't uh, want to be. With they don't want to be around you. Yeah. Like, yeah. and me being as aware as I am, most of the time I fire back. I'll I'll tell my own brain to shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck Which up. Which is a get technique that, I've talked about. Get that here. shit out of here. Like, uh, it's it's been very useful. It's been true. very useful yeah. for me. Um, it there really are times has, where it's um, y- it's not that easy to just no, deter it either. There are times where it is it where it's extremely overwhelming.
overwhelming. And I mean, it, 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 another way I would describe it, it like internally is imagine being like in the cockpit of a jet and you're the pilot, you're the pilot. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden someone just busts through the door, knocks you out and you wake up tied up in the corner in the dark and someone else has the joystick and the plane's going down at fucking 120 miles per hour. That's another way. Uh, specifically when I'm on like the depressed side or if I'm, because here's the thing is like with mania, I would argue that mass majority of when I'm manic, it's pretty positive, just very hyper. Yeah. Like you were saying. It's not as. Um, there are times when I'm manic where um, I'm just, uh, my anger will take over and like, I'll just That's get where out of the hand. like stupid stuff hissing yeah. off like and comes um, into play. You know, and, uh, like sometimes like I, like even while it's happening, I'm like, just like, what it's like, like why, yeah. Why are you? And that's my, my and like my biggest issue with it is I get mad at myself for that. And it's like it's it's not that I can't help it because to an extent I can, and that's like I say that because I am pretty aware of of what's going on mo- most of the time. But I've had incidences where I've just snapped mm-hmm. and. You know, five minutes goes by and all of a sudden my brain it's just like, clicks and it's like, oh no, you're like outside, you're screaming, you're, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and those, those, that's, I think those are the moments that scare me. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that scares me um, the most is often when I've wanted to commit suicide, not like when I had my big incident, but just other times and other times where I've thought about it and all that. Um, it, it's often been because I. it's not that I necessarily don't want to exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It's that I like, like this, like my, my mental right. illness literally has caused me to not want to exist anymore because there's been times where in my much. head, that's the only way that I can get away from this mm-hmm. is if I'm no longer alive. And that scares me. And I've only expressed this to a couple people, you being one of them, but I'm, I'm one of my biggest fears is that one day I'm just going to snap and just, you know, um, I know you won't. And though. I don't think I, I don't think I don't necessarily think I will too, especially if the momentum that, is going right now con- continues and stuff and obviously <laughs> life will get hard there's going to be bumps in the road and at the end of the day it all depends on how you react to stuff and i have a hard time with that sometimes especially being bipolar like there's yeah. lots of times where i react to stuff not the way i should and then i'm like god damn it can't necessarily take that back like <laughs> well and that's why so. it's important i think if you do have somebody in your life that's bipolar to very like that's not um, just a Logan thing. Like, that is a mm-hmm. bipolar symptom. Like, um, if you know someone in your life that's bipolar and they start freaking the fuck out over something that you think is absolutely ridiculous in their brain in that moment, their it's brain not. is, the logic is not working in that moment. It's going to work after, but in that actual moment, it's not there. So to them, it's very real and it very much is something to get upset about. And obviously not everybody with bipolar is like this, but that 
Logan, if I were to, in the middle of him freaking out about something like this and say something to him and be like, hey, you, you need to calm down a little bit. You need to take some deep breaths. That could potentially help from going into a bigger spiral of an episode. Yeah, and obviously it's, it depends on the person because there's some yes. people, and I'm sure probably everyone knows at least one person where if you tell them to calm down, they'll they're going to freak the they'll fuck out. They'll freak out yeah. on you. Um, and that's why I've expressed to Serena and also my, my best friends. I, I lived with my best friend for a few years that like, you can tell me you calm down. I'm going to yep. hear, and it's specifically, it's also like because I'm telling like you or Aaron, mm-hmm. like you, you two are like, Right. My favorite people in my life. So, like, if you tell me to calm down, I'm not going to go, shut the fuck. I'm going to look <laughs> at you weird and go, you're right. <laughs> like, I Bye. do need to calm down. God damn it. <laughs> I'm doing it again, aren't I? Like, Well, and that's why, like, it's, there are ways that you can help the people in your life with mental illnesses. It's just about having that conversation about what can help and what will not help. And there have been times with him where, um, for lack of a better term, he's like snapped at me, like something super small and stupid. It was like tone or something like that. And then he'll be like, I'm really, really sorry. I'm feeling a little bit more manic today. I don't know what's going on. That was not okay. I'm sorry. Um, and not, I know that not everybody can be in relationships with somebody who has a mental illness and that is each individual person's choice. Um, I knew what I was signing up for being with Logan and I wouldn't change a thing ever. Um, because as much as his bipolar for him is something really hard for him to deal with and it's been a struggle, it has also, I personally think in ways made him a better person and made him a more empathetic person. And as much as I wish I could take it away, I don't think that you would have it if you couldn't deal with it and if you couldn't make it. And, you know, we've talked about how, you know, being worried about passing that on to your kids or anything like that. And I just, um, just because you have a mental illness, it doesn't make you any less of a human being. And it doesn't make any of the people in your life less of human beings. It's, all it means is that you have to do a little bit of extra work to understand and know how to work with them and help them because the biggest thing is support. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just, I, I wouldn't be able to get through half of the shit I go through without support. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's just, I, I, I agree with what you're saying for sure. Uh, I definitely think that me being just who I am is made me who I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but uh, on the flip side of that, I wouldn't wish this upon I know you my wouldn't. worst enemy. Um, I know you wouldn't. There's, there's, day and there's been times where I've literally just something set me off and I just started screaming and hitting myself and ripping my hair out and just... I th- uh, it, it, yeah, I, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy, and no. I have some pretty bad enemies. <laughs> um, but it, and that's why I think it's laughable. I think this is worthy to mention because I've seen it happen to other people. I think I, I think it's laughable when people who don't have an understanding or just want to be assholes mm-hmm. will sit there and 
try to say or act this that someone is using their mental illness as a crutch or like or yeah they don't actually have a mental illness they're just saying that so they can do this or do that you're and like, it's like i fucking wish bro, buddy why don't you take a fucking step in my brain and then see how you feel about that yeah. because trust me that ain't the case no. like um for like and then you know for the record there have been times for sure where I haven't been so manic that I couldn't go to work or something, Mm -hmm. but I've been feeling just not myself and I'm afraid that I'm going to snap on someone or something Mm -hmm. and I've called off work. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing is like my boss knows that I'm bipolar, like Mm -hmm. my bosses in the past have known that I have mental health issues. I'm I'm pretty Mm -hmm. open with it and stuff. And luckily for the most part, um, most of my bosses anyways that I've experienced have been pretty understanding about it. Um, and, I think and a couple of them have been, have been able to tell when I like first, yep. like when I'm not in my right state of mind. And I, I uh, especially my lot, my, my job that I had in Phoenix, like my, uh, my boss was, was pretty damn understanding of it. Uh, Cause I had an incident at work where I snapped on someone and that's pretty much how he found out about it. And yeah. then uh, he pretty much told me from that point forward, you know, if you're ever feeling weird, if you're having a bad day, just let me he's know. like, you know, he, and he told me too, he's like, I, this will stay between you and me. I'm not going to yeah. tell the rest of the, the, the other managers or anything like yeah. that. Um, he's like, you know, so if, if you're, something's wrong, you come and talk to me and, you know, so, so on, so on, so on, so forth. Um, for me, being in a relationship, being the way I am, um, like I was, s- was kind of saying earlier, it kind of depends on who I'm with and like the, the person and stuff. Um, when I'm with someone who is a good person and healthy, at least for, you know, mentally healthy <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, to an extent, obviously everyone has their issues and, and problems, you know. Absolutely. Um, I would say the biggest issue is my bipolar, like uh, f- for me personally, because as you know, I, I often need, reassurance same um <laughs> and there's been times where i for sure haven't gotten it or people have used that against me well and i think there's times where um, you need it but you're not gonna ask for it either mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but i do that too yeah um i feel like my, the hardest my, part would would be getting people to understand how your mental illness works yeah 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 um yeah, no, for sure, and like, there's only been a couple that have even tried to understand. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to, and to be fair though, I s- pretty much since I've accepted it, you're like, this is the only serious relationship I've had. Like, I've dated, but That's that fair. was a choice. I chose to be single for yeah. years. So, um, and and part of that was because like I didn't feel like anyone would want to be with me, mostly because uh, just de- because of your shit. bipolar. Yeah. Um, cause I don't want to be with me half the time. <laughs> um, see, and that was never, I don't know. That was never, that was never a hang uh, up for me. No, no. Well, and so like my, my first toxic relationship, um, I'm not a doctor, so like just bear with me on this. Um, I would argue that she has narcissistic tendencies. Like I wouldn't say she's like crazy. Yeah. She's She's a little fucking self-centered, at least oh, at least at the time. Mm-hmm. She, uh, as far as I know, I don't. I'm not in contact with her, but as far as I know, she's she's doing pretty good now. Right. Um, she's got a kid now and stuff, and she's engaged and stuff. So she's not crazy. She's not like a psycho, but she's she had some issues she's at least at the time, um, yeah. some pretty bad ones, and um, took them out on me. And I'm sure that didn't help. 
No, um, no, uh, especially because at that time I it was this was before I had accepted it and everything. Mm -hmm. And being with someone who manipulates your feelings when they want to, meaning like, you know, um, being an asshole to you when they don't want you around and don't want to see you, but then when they do want to see you, they're just all about you and it's just all about you and blah 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 and like. Oh. kind of creating like false expectations and, and stuff. Um, for someone like me, I'm, uh, I can take things kind of literal without even meaning to. It's just, I've always been that way. You know, like there's very, been times where someone, you are a very literal there's been times person. where someone's told me like, do this. And I literally do it the exact way. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, what you told me? They're like, no, like this. I'm like, that's not what you said though. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, and if I, you know, when I've cared for people, like if I, trust if I care about you and I think you care about me and I trust you, like I'm going to let my guard down a little bit and I'm going to believe at least half of what you're saying. Right. You know what I mean? Like not half, but it just depends on the person, oh, you know? Yeah, um, and with her, there was just, there was a lot of lying and stuff. And I like, I'm a very, I, I try to be anyways, a pretty straightforward person. Like the only time that I won't say something to someone directly and just kind of like offhand say shit to them or about them is if like, I know that if I say something directly to them, that they're going to want to fight me because what I'm going to say to them, they're not going to fucking like, like that's about the only time. And I, I've had people in my past think that I'm just a pussy. You don't want to say anything. No, it's cause if I say what I want to actually say to your face, you're going to want to hit mine. And like, I, if I, I kind of, I pick my battles. Like I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily want to get hit in the face just cause I think you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> you know, I can have my opinion. Yeah. So, um, but, um, when we were like off and on, so that didn't help. You know, we were just, it was, it was, it was toxic. <laughs> it was toxic. Um, ask Aaron about it. <laughs> like he was there through for a lot of that relationship. Um, he was one of my friends that was like, what are you doing? Hello. Why do you keep going back? You're a moron. Stop <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure that that relationship compared to this one, does it affect your mental health? Uh, ours, no. ours affects mine in a positive way. Well, like, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, can you tell a difference? Oh, absolutely. Well, we've been together for almost two years. Uh, yeah. Not off and on. <laughs> 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 so, um, yeah, no, tremendously. Well, and so my, my second toxic relationship, like I said, only lasted a couple months. Mm -hmm. I don't know what her diagnosis is. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Um, she got something. <laughs> and... We, and like, you know, a lot of, like, I'm sure, especially if you're a female, you've heard lots of guys be like, oh, she's crazy. She's so crazy. That's not what this no, is. No, she's actually I promise crazy. you. She's actually Logan crazy. is a borderline, um, like, feminist. He doesn't yeah, play that. Yeah, no. Um, and when, and when I got into this relationship, I was not in a good state of mind. So that should tell you a lot yeah, just off the, off the bat right there. Like that, yeah. um, so the only other girl I've ever lived with and we moved in together about a week after we were dating not one of my possibly a manic decision yeah not one of my shining <laughs> moments um for it's sure okay um i've been there she was extremely manipulative and i mean to the extent as to where if we were sitting on the couch watching tv at 10 o'clock at night and i didn't say anything for 10 minutes she would look at me and be like what's wrong what are you thinking about um, I thought I was just enjoying this show with my girlfriend on the couch I'm and then just chilling. I was going to go to bed here in like 30 minutes, but, uh, 
nothing. <laughs> like this is one of the few times a day that there ain't shit on my brain. Cause I'm about to go to bed. I'm trying to not have stuff on my brain so that I can go to sleep. <laughs> Cause I'm an overthinker. <laughs> so just the stuff like that. And, um, you know, I would go, Aaron lived two blocks away mm-hmm. and I'd go, I wouldn't even take the car. I'd walk to go see him because it's right there. And if I was gone for more than an hour, when are you coming home? I just got, like, just got done smoke. What do you mean? Like, damn. Like, can I just live my life a little bit? Like, like, you know, just, and she also had two kids. Um, Not the first person I've dated that has had kids, but Mm -hmm. the first semi-serious relationship I've had where there's been. Kids, right. kids involved because I, I don't have any yet. I mean, I have one now, I have yeah. one now on the way, yeah. uh, but before now, I, I don't, I don't have any kids. Um, so we would fight about just the stupidest shit, and it was because she would pick fights. Like, I'm just trying to live my life and trying to enjoy spending time with her, and mm-hmm. she'd find something to fight about. Nitpick at this, do I do that. that? No, you promise me, yeah. No, no. <laughs> And, and, and like, it's, and just to be clear, like if you nitpick your boyfriend or your girlfriend about like little shit they're doing, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, if I just said something wrong or something out of your ass. Yeah. And so I started to have just like episodes and stuff. Like there was one time I was just in a weird state and like, I was trying to put this lid back on a, like a pot, like one of those glass lids that's metal Mm -hmm. ringed and it like wouldn't go on. And I just like, and it exploded oh, all over the house. Just like, and I lost it. I got, I'm sure lost my mind. Cause that's my thing too. Like if I break something without meaning to, yeah, oh, fucking, that's a trigger. it makes me, yeah, it's a big trigger. Um, so anyways, um, she, so this was like pretty much we uh, like right when I started like raving like all the time and she tried telling me that I couldn't rave uh, that I, I need to stop doing acid, all this stuff. Like you're not gonna I'm like, we've been together for like a couple weeks. Like you're being bold. Yeah. Uh, made me stop talking to female friends. Yeah, no, we all, don't play that. All that yeah. stuff, you know, just, just red flag after one after another. So, um, about a month in, I tried to leave one night. Like I literally walked out the door and everything. Like my brain was literally telling me like, you need to go, like you need mm-hmm. to get out. What are you doing? Why are you here? Right. Went back and stuff, and then, uh, so, not a shining moment in my life. I, me and, me and my ex, Julia, were trying to kind of, like, get back together. Right. And, yeah, manic decision. I chose raw, uh, my ex over Julia. Julia. Um, yeah, so... I was dealing with a lot of, I think this is probably the first time I've ever talked about this openly other than with like Aaron. I was dealing with a lot of guilt um, because of what I did to her. Like I I hurt the fuck out of her feelings. I I was fucked up. Um, And our, like our whole relationship, like I was dealing with that guilt and stuff. And so my mom was still talking to her at the time and following her. And I, my mom was talking to me and just kind of telling me like about her randomly. Like I didn't ask about her. Mm-hmm. And so since my mom was just texting me about her, I just asked her a question about her. Well, so it's like eight o'clock in the morning and my ex asked if she could use my phone for something, which I should have been like, why you have a phone? <laughs> like, but I was half asleep and I was just like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure yeah, you go. take it. You know, yeah. comes back in the room and like chucks it at me crying. 
I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, I read the message between you and your mom. And I'm just like, are you oh my serious? God. And so she literally gave me like a day to move my, like kick me out and move my stuff out and all this stuff. And then the next day was begging for me to come back. And I'm just like, you just kicked, kicked you made me get all of my stuff out in like two hours. No. And I I told her, I was like, I'm willing to come over and talk, but like, give me the weekend. Like, I need some space. Like, we just broke up. You just kicked me out of your house that I just, you know, was paying all the bills for because you don't have a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, proceeds to tell me, you know, she loves me wants me back so bad and all this stuff. And then, like, a night or two after we broke up, went and fucked this guy that she had been talking to behind my back the entire time we were dating on Snapchat. So super healthy relationship. Super, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Shining. Um, that that one messed me up. Um, yeah. Because th- there was, there's more to it. We're running out of time, and I just don't want to get into it. But uh, <laughs> stuff messed me up. Pretty bad, just not mentally, but just relationship. That's oh, I'm sure. It's one of the reasons I chose to be single. And like, I tried, I kind of tried. Like, there was a couple girls that I, I tried to, I wanted to like, and like I saw th- potential. Thought I saw yeah. something, and never got to the point of being like boyfriend and girlfriend. We were just yeah. like going out on dates and hanging out and stuff. Yeah. Um, but up until, up until we started dating, yeah, I stayed single because I just I didn't want any bullshit, <laughs> and I didn't think anyone wanted to deal with my bullshit. I like dealing with your bullshit. Well, that's good. You're a pain <laughs> in my ass. Not, I think you'd be a pain in my ass even without the bipolar. But with you, uh, I've never, uh, there's nothing to compare to. You, you've never once done anything like either of them or pretty much any other shitty person I've had in my life. I would um, hope not. Yeah, you, yeah I, get, I get all the reassur- reassurance and probably more. I try more understanding than I probably deserve. I don't um, think that. And yeah, so. I think we're 12 both. 12 out of 10. <laughs> 12 out of 10. No, I think, um, I don't know. I think a lot of our traumas that we've dealt with, uh, the things that we've dealt with growing up, our relationship stuff, I think it all kind of shaped us to be the perfect partners for each other. Because even though we had our hard distant time like the fact that we were able to come back from that and fix that even though like it wasn't anything crazy it was just we were both in a really depressed state and didn't really know what to do with any of it and I think a lot of what helped with that was for me personally I was finally opening up about how I was feeling with just myself like my own brain um because even though I don't have bipolar like I also have very intrusive thoughts that are you know you're a piece of shit you're not worthy you don't deserve this um your boyfriend actually fucking hates you (laughs) like all of that bullshit and I think the second that we both finally were as open as we could be about where we were at with things that was when we got to get back into a better spot and especially the last few months, like I think we both were able to come out of our depressed states and I came out, excuse me, I came out of it with a lot of lessons. Like um, 
I won't go into the whole story just because we are going super over, which I'm fine with. But um, you don't know what's going on in your partner's head. Like you, th- you can think you do all you want, but chances are whatever you think is going on in their head is not what they're actually thinking. And my parents actually brought this up in their anniversary episode for their podcast. And there's so much truth in that because we've had moments where we both got our feelings hurt within the same exact situation. And we both wanted the same outcome of the situation, but because we didn't communicate about what was going on, we literally fucked it up. Yep. And then talked about (laughs) it after and it was like, wait, we're both mad at the same we both wanted the same thing. Why are we fucking, why did we do that? And it's literally because both of our brains were being assholes. Yep. <laughs> literally. And we let, we let our brains get the best of us because his, he, he wanted to do his own thing and just experience, um, we were at Meow Wolf, mm-hmm. uh, Vegas, really yeah. cool art exhibit. Um, highly recommend. But he was just doing his own thing and I... Because he had been overwhelmed. And to be fair, so he let's, had let's just... Let's backtrack a second real quick. Well, because you had lost your grandpa. I had just lost my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, not not in the best state of mind. Like, I wasn't, like, freaking out. No. Just, I was I was thinking about a lot of stuff. I was sad, you know. And I, I'm still sad. It's it's still kind of fresh. Um, well, on a side... This happened, this happened pretty recently. Um, but <laughs> I was a little overwhelmed and frustrated. Yeah. Things were not uh, going according to plan, and they should have been. No problem. Like, it wasn't like something crazy happened. Like, it just, you know. And so I was already just kind of flustered. And I just felt like (laughs) I was going to get more flustered. And so I, yeah, I went off. He just decided to do his own thing. And whoever was going to. I, and and it was my fault. I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't vocalize it enough, but I I was like, I'm going to go do my own thing. If anyone wants to follow me, you can. Yeah. (laughs) He did not vocalize that enough. So my brain, because I was in a weird spot with my own insecurities and I didn't know where he was at, was taking all of it. Like, oh, he doesn't want to fucking be around me. Um, He doesn't want to experience this with me. And I just got more mad like throughout the entire time we were there. And it would have been super easy for me to go up to him and ask him, you know, what, what the deal is. But my own stubbornness didn't, was not going to let that happen because that's, that's your ego. That's ego being like, no, 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 no. We're going to sit here and we're going to be fucking pissed because obviously he does not want to be around you right now. Like that's, I was getting so hyped up and allowing myself to spiral Um, and then after, like, by the time our time there was over, I was fucking pissed and I allowed myself to like hang on to it for a bit and then bring it up when we're about to be in a car ride home from Vegas (laughs) for seven hours. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I think you said something to the extent of, well, you could have came up to me. Yeah, you could have followed me. And the second he said that, I shut the fuck up. And we both stared out of our windows for the next <laughs> couple hours. And even though I was so pissed when he said that to me, like, how fucking dare you? Of course, it's you could have said something too, you know? And that, so was, my, first, that was my stubbornness because in my brain, I was like, 
why isn't why isn't she coming up to me and being mm-hmm. like, what's wrong? Which See, I didn't care about that, but I was just like, isn't more it so crazy? Like, you can still have yeah. this shit even in a committed relationship when you have two people that have been through a lot of bullshit. <laughs> because like I was mad, but the more I sat and looked out that window, I was just like, okay, what the fuck happened here? Because he's obviously mad that we didn't get to spend as much time together. I'm fucking pissed that we didn't experience a lot of that together. So how? Like, where did we go wrong with this? And it literally was the fact that I let myself get wrapped up in my own brain and spiral out. And he was also wrapped up in his own brain. And we both thought that we knew what the other one was thinking. And we absolutely didn't. Um, And I just think that that is super important for people to hear. Like, even if, like, nobody can read minds. um, And I know a lot of people don't intentionally, like, withhold stuff to, like, play games but I just think the more open you can be with things the better the more open we are about things that we have issues with or things that we would like done more like the stronger our bond gets um and I just like communication like regardless of mental health of anything if you can be open and honest with your partner um that is going to get you the furthest. And honestly, to anybody who is um, dating somebody that has a mental illness, I know it isn't easy. I know it can be hard, but um, I think it's, what are you staring at? You're tripping me out. Sorry, I'm watching the cameras. There's some (laughs) weird stuff going on. Sorry, I caught my eye. (laughs) Well. I'm listening. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's Technically, it's my audience that should be listening, and I just fucked it up for them, but it's okay. They'll probably laugh. If <laughs> Well, and I'm not going to ramble too much longer. I did want to talk a lot more about relationship stuff, but I can tell that I'm just going to go on rambles as well. So what we'll do is we'll just have Logan back on for another episode, especially since I really wanted to make sure we dove into... His life, his experiences, things he's been through. I don't know. I just, I admire the fuck out of you. I love you so much. And I love you too. I know you've been through a lot. And I, I do have interesting stories. Just like, like uh, he, he does. They're fun. He, he does. <laughs> it might make you go, what the fuck? Why are you laughing right now? But we have a dark sense of humor, but we have to. Because, like, I don't know what else we're supposed to do with some of the shit that we're that is thrown at us that we've had to go through. So, um, but no, we'll definitely talk more relationship stuff. Another time we'll get into more stories. Um, and I want to get more in depth into just knowledge about bipolar too. And I hope that in listening to Logan talk and learning about him, that it relieves some of the stigma, um, you know, and I would like to hope that anybody listening to this doesn't have any stigmas in their brain uh, towards people with mental illness. But unfortunately, we live in a society that makes it really easy to see things that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know even just you yourself have felt misunderstood before. And a lot of that is because of your bipolar. It still happens. Yeah, yeah. And it still happens to nothing this day. Be, nothing can be done about it. I no. mean, the the most you can do is educate people. Yeah. It w- and if they're not open to it, I mean, that's can't do anything about that either. You know, that's on them. So yeah. um, before we leave, I just, I want to say 
to anyone that is, that is listening to this that is bipolar or, or has any sort of mental illness, uh, if you know someone, um, you know, if, if you know someone that you're not experiencing it, you can relay this message to them. It might help them. But um, I didn't think I was going to make it to my 18th birthday, like, honestly. Um, and there's been times since then where I didn't think I was going to make it to my next birthday for one reason or another. And there's been lots of times where I've wanted to give up either when it comes to, like, my entire life or something I'm doing or want to do. And do not, do, not allow, do not allow your own mind to hold you back. Do not allow your mental illness to hold you back because you may have a mental illness, but it is a part of you. It is your brain. It is your body. It is who you are. And you can do anything you want to. You might have to work a little harder. You might have some extra limitations. But you are going to be so much stronger jumping those hurdles because of the fact that you have extra rocks in your pocket holding you down. Don't let them hold you down. Start removing the rocks at a pace that's comfortable for you. And if you have to, tell your brain to shut the fuck up because it really does help sometimes. Because it can, especially if, you, if, you're, you know, if you have a mental illness, it can feel like you have another person living inside your brain that's not you. And sometimes it helps to tell that motherfucker you're going to slam them into a wall if they don't stop telling you fucked up shit to do to yourself or others or whatever. Um, you are in control. Even if you think you're not, even if it feels like you are not, you are in control, not your mental illness. Absolutely. And there are a million beautiful experiences waiting all of you. Um, I do have... Hotlines for suicide prevention. That is in my first episode. I will do my best to link everything down below in the description for anybody who needs that help. Um, but you are important. You are loved. You are seen. You are heard. Your your voice and your energy is here for a reason. Um, and do your best to not ever forget that, you guys, because... Um, I think both of us could agree that if we would have left this earth when we thought we were going to, that we wouldn't have experienced as many beautiful things as we have, um, including getting ready to bring a whole nother life into the world. <laughs> um, so just know that you guys are not alone ever. You have people in your life that support you. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening to this. Um, if anybody has any questions or just has anything that they just want to say, please feel free to email into the show, serenasiren14 at gmail.com. Um, I love you guys so much. Thank you again. And remember that there is always another day. <laughs>